This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All the while upon the field of play, thousands called them whoppers in their day. Yes, welcome to the Andy Takes That Chance International Break Special. Today, myself, Neil, Cossie and Danny will take you for a chilling walk down memory lane as we discuss some of the less favourable players of yesteryear. So, if you know your Stonehouse from your outhouse or your Thriller from your Miller, then sit back, relax and try not to listen to this before bed. So let's be fair, as, as town fans we've never had it so good. We're watching players like Congolo, Schindler and Aaron Moy and sometimes it's easy to forget what we've been or what we've seen before we got here. So, just for a bit of fun, nothing malicious, we thought we'd put together a podcast about some of the lesser-loved players of yesteryear. So, hi guys, how are we doing? Good, thanks. Better than this team we're going to talk about, I think. Yeah, you say forget. <laughs> some of these will never, ever forgotten. They're etched I'm, in the dark parts. It's good, though, isn't it? Doesn't it brings you a nice reality, doesn't it? It does. It makes you realise. This is why we can love Schindler and Congolo and the rest of them, because we've seen them from the other end. I, I just hope we don't trigger any P- PTSD in anybody down here. It, 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 it's, it's a strong list of over 100 that we've got going here. So we'll fire in. So what we'll do is... Uh, we've got decent lawyers, Matt, before we start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, better watch what we say, haven't we? But we've, we're going for a four four two system. Um, we're going to go through each position one by one. Um, we're going to start with the goalkeepers. So starting, I think there's only one place where we can potentially get the ball rolling here. So plucked from football obscurity with Hales Owen by Coventry. Town signed Timothy Joseph Clark in 1991. He was to be later become the face of crap 90s football on Twitter, but not before playing for town and a host of other league clubs where he popped up with Scunthorpe and Shrewsbury. He also is a famous name in Barrytown history, where Barrytown beat Porto in Europe, and Tim Clark was one of the heroes. However, for us, Neil, he's your number one pick. Yeah, there's absolutely zero discussion on this one. I don't care about whatever arguments the lads have. I know a couple of them, Danny and uh, Cosy, have got a a counter-argument to this, but for any self-respecting town fan who lived through the 90s, when 
the early 90s when he was actually in the team, we had a good side um, with the playoff and what have you. If Tim Clark hadn't been the goalkeeper in 91-92 with the defence in front of Trevitt, Mitchell, Jackson and Charlton, we would have gone up automatically. And I lay that firmly at the door of Timothy, whatever his middle name is, Clark. He was awful. So that's that statement in itself is something I disagree with. Um, based on ninety one, ninety two, he wasn't good. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. He wasn't good, but I don't think he was that bad in this season. He was diabolical. He had a good penalty record, saved three out of four that he faced that year. And I believe, Cossie, you've got a bit of a counter argument to. Timothy's inclusion. Yeah, you've done your research, Matt. Good on you because yeah, uh, played ninety-one games for us, uh, July ninety-one to October ninety-three. Cost fifteen thousand pounds. But I wrote down here that that first season, that when we did get in the playoffs, thirty-eight goals against. We we were the lowest <coughs> that was conceded in the league. Down to the back four, not Tim Clark. Oh, nearly the goalkeeper, obviously going to no. help him. But to me, and I think Danny's going to back me up here. That first season, I didn't have a problem with him. But then the big, important rule change came in in football, the back pass rule, and for me, it destroyed him. He was never the same again. The crowd got on his back. He was nicknamed Coco the Clown and never recovered. To me, that was the tipping point where all of a sudden he changed from, I thought, quite competent keeper to yeah, a bit of a laughing stock at the end. But I'd, I'd argue against that first season, mate. 30 Eight goals against the lowest. But that that the back four, purely that was very, very good back four. He was awful. So I'm I'm gonna wade in with a couple of memories. So ninety one, ninety two, Tim Clark. I remember playing Bradford City, obviously going to school in in Clecky and Bradford, you know, there, there were a couple of Bradford fans around. My best mate at the time was a Bradford fan. And we beat them 1-0, 91-92, Kieran O'Regan penalty. And I remember very clearly Tim Clark being a bit of a hero in the last 15, 20 minutes of that game, whereby they put high ball after high ball in the, into the box. He came, caught everything. And he also used to throw in the odd Superman one, you know, the one-handed Grobbler style catch, which later gave us all kittens. But the year after is what I remember. I remember playing for Wyke Wanderers, um, not been able to go to the game, Huddersfield Town versus Bradford City. Watched it on ITV because it was on Goals on Sunday live and watching this goalkeeper that was never good, he was okay at a push, watching this goalkeeper come flying out of his goal for no reason whatsoever, leaving Sean McCarthy an empty goal, having to go to school on Monday and having endless taunts about being better than Tim Clark, which, you know, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> At the time, I was 10. Um, you probably were, to be fair. And for me, the rule change ruined him. And there's a couple of incidents, Danny, and there's a player that we'll name later on called John Kelly. But the back pass rule was a confusing one because it wasn't just the back pass that scuppered him. All of a sudden, he, he came out for crosses and took his hands away. He... He couldn't save anything. He was dropping things. The football turned into a bar of soap. Confidence is a is a big thing. I just don't know how you can... We got into the playoffs. I don't know how you can call a keeper. You can have him in your worst ever. Worst ever. When you think of 25 years, the worst ever. We got in the playoffs with the 38 goals against, which was the lowest 
in the division. I, I don't think when you look at some of the other names we've got on our list, he can be on the worst, even though most town fans you'd get in the street would mention Tim Clark. And I think famously hanging on the telephone, nicknamed him Coco the Clown, and he never breathed a word. I think that as well, that defensive record is pretty much the best in the last half century. Well, since 69-70, and I think, I could be wrong, but did we not play less games then? I know we played 46 in 91-92. I think it was 46. Was it? Anyway, still stick with that. It's almost half a century. But I think that first season, I, I, I never had a problem with him. The only sort of clown-like incident that I can recall was in the 4 all at Bury, where we were 4-0 four, four down in the first half. And I think he'd... I was there watching it and the ball sort of bounced in front of him and, and wrong-footed him. And I remember thinking that's got to have either hit a bobble or it's taken a deflection. But looking back on it, it didn't. It just... It was, it almost, was just him that's rubbish. Was, he just didn't understand yeah. the laws of gravity at that point. Funny But, that. There, I mean, also what's time, I remember the first time I saw him was, uh, his, I think his debut away at Bolton that season and we, we walked in and I remember just thinking, how tall is this fella? Because the previous keepers we'd had, sort of Lee Martin and... Uh, Steve Hardwick weren't that tall, whereas this fella just dominated the box. The following season, again, I think it was Bolton away. That was this was his start of his downfall, really. And I remember sitting down there and whistle blew, and five seconds later, that was the first goal of that league campaign. We were a goal down, and that sort of set the tone for him. I missed that because the supermarket was in the way. So that's for anybody who remembers Burnham Park fondly. So Tim Clark. Um, I should just point out though that even though I've just defended him, he is on my list. I think I think he's still on everybody's list, and this is the thing. In ninety one, ninety two, there's a goalkeeper there that's played a part, we'll say, and then the year after he's just gone to absolute bits. But what I'll caveat that with is another goalkeeper as well. Imagine being the guy that comes in, gets picked for Tim, Cl- gets picked instead of Tim Clark. Tim Clark's having a lull and then gets dropped for Tim Clark because he proves himself to be equally as useless. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? This was a bad year for a goalkeeper's 92-93. Yeah, Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott had a blinder, didn't he, in the cup against Blackburn, and I think that sort of set him up as, oh, this is the answer, and he, he just wasn't. I, I just remember him being being small. For a goalkeeper, he looked small. Apparently he was six foot, but he looked small. Can I just say, though, that it says more about how bad... Tony Elliott was as opposed to that Tim Clark was some kind of footballing goalkeeping god he was just awful and <laughs> it, if, if he's not number one in this I'll be devastated well Tony Elliott's got to be on the bench because that's where he was <laughs> Tim Clark wasn't it but for me Tony I just remember Tim Clark used to do things he used to come out for the ball he used to come for crosses he used to come out of the back and try to play sweeper-keeper. He used to go for shots, penalties. Elliot just didn't do any of that for me. I'm saying that there's sort of a recurring theme with some of these players in that my best mate's a Scarborough fan and half of this, this lot appeared to uh, move on to Scarborough afterwards. And I remember seeing Tony Elliott play for Scarborough uh, a few years after town, but going to Scarborough that evening afterwards and he was DJing at a club somewhere. And he was... <laughs> well... He was probably a better DJ than he was a goalkeeper anyway. And do you know what? Since since he retired, Tony Elliott has gone on to be a very, very successful <coughs> coach, so fair play to him. He's, he's he's gone on to become the England futsal goalkeeper coach, the uh, cerebral palsy England goalkeeper coach, and the also the England uh, blind teams coach as well. So Tony Elliott's made a fair career um, 
post playing, which we you know fair play to him um, from that one. So, Kossi, you would argue for a different number one. Yeah, Scott Bevan. I think if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but he came in in the Wadsworth era. He did, he did indeed. He reminded me a bit of like Tim Clark, a little bit tall, you know, kind of commanding. Six foot five. Six foot five, but yeah, looks can be deceiving as well. And uh, yeah, I remember getting very frustrated early doors with uh, Mr. Bevan and I think his career. I'll have to look it up afterwards, but I don't think he, he got anywhere of note to be honest. Did he play MK Dons or somewhere? He suffered a kidney injury in a game and had to have a kidney removed. So he's, he's had his career cut short a little bit, which is rather <clears throat> a little bit unfortunate for him. Um, but he did he did carry on at a lower level and, and play his trade a little bit. But one stat which would be interesting, and there's probably no way to find this out, was could he be the tallest ever goalkeeper to lose his place to a smaller goalkeeper? So a six foot five, six foot six colossal loses his place to somebody no bigger than five foot nine in Phil Senior. So Phil Senior was a goalkeeper who played between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand six. He was as a kid he was very good. He got called up to the England under sixteens and had a, a number of other different honours here and there. But Phil probably didn't grow much. But to be fair to him, he's he's played for town for seven years, mostly as a number two. He's ended up playing 58 games for, for the club as a supporter, which must be good, conceding 75 goals along the way. I've had to give him one point in the Matrix system that we've done based on two games, really, which are potentially... One, one defender will come to later, and probably the worst game I've ever seen, Danny, was Huddersfield 1, Barnet 2, but there was a game in League 2 which came close to this which was Huddersfield nil Darlington 2 and it was the day a couple of days after we'd sold John Stead Boothie was injured we ended up with Nat Brown up front with Fola Onibuji coming I think he, <laughs> he was involved somewhere online but we had Akpo Soji up front with Nat Brown probably the worst strike pairing I've ever seen in a game together and, and there was a midfielder from Darlington hit the ball and up and under from the halfway line out on the flank which took 30 seconds, well it felt like 30 seconds yeah. watching it loop its way into the goal and watching Phil, well yeah. watching Nathan Clark get closer to the ball than Phil Senior. He, he was the only goalkeeper that you could love while he was stood on his line. I remember that that game was just horrible. He's, do you know, it feels bad putting a, a little mark against him because he's a cracking, you know, he seemed, came across as a cracking lad as well and one thing that he probably didn't do very well, another guy on this list, Ian Gray, who doesn't have any points but gets a dishonourable mention, if you like. He went off injured against Accrington Stanley in the FA Cup. And I remember watching on BBC and seeing Mike Lawrence never look so bored in his life at what the BBC have made him go to watch between Accrington Stanley versus Huddersfield. And there was a rather hefty PE teacher came on, used to be an ex-pro and a good ex-pro for Port Vale, and Bogey came on, probably a little past his sell-by date ended up smashing one straight down the middle of the net, which Phil dived out of the way of. Is this the Accrington game you're on about? That's the game where John Worthington got sent off for shooting. It was probably one of the worst games. Andy Gook, not Ian Bogey. Andy Gook, but he was the teacher, wasn't he? Yeah. Ian Bogey was pretty good, actually. He was, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, so that, for me, that's that's a point, but... I I wouldn't have him in. Although, then again, there was some website that used to call him the Eighth Dwarf Flappy. I don't know what happened to that website, but... 
No need for that. Nowhere near, mighty. We got promoted with this guy there, Jackson. Cardiff, that fire thing when we got promoted. That was Rahubka. Millennium. It was Paul Rahubka. He was part of that season. <laughs> he but was. Yeah, yeah I've been part of a successful... I, I find it hard to include any of the sort of academy lads around the sort of 2002, 2003 era because we started off with, as Jacko famously tells us, I was six, seven, eight players and they, they, it were almost a needs must to get these lads involved so I find it hard to put them in a, a, li- a list of naffness, to be fair, when there's so many more that were brought in otherwise that were obviously no link to Huddersfield Town. Speaking and, of which... One of them was probably the ninth dwarf, Danny, if he was the eighth dwarf, and he appears on yours and Cossie, your list as well. A goalkeeper who made his home debut, uh, home league debut live on Sky against Nottingham Forest with bright bleach blonde hair, probably no bigger than five foot eight, nine. A chap called Derek O'Connor. I remember uh, going to quite a few games in Beck, Beck Lane back in the day, I think when Jerry Murphy was kind of in charge of the juniors and what have you, then. He looked like it was going to be so, you know, you had high hopes for him really to kind of become, you know, a really good goalkeeper in the senior teams. But yeah, for me, just didn't cut the mustard really. But I've got a fucking clue to be fair how much about him. So there we go. This is the problem, isn't it? You did, I haven't got much context for some of these. I don't hardly remember any fucking lots of great memories. <laughs> with, with incidents and stuff. So I'll just chop that bit out. I remember Lloyd Robinson as well, chucking him, but then again, he was only really recent, where he was probably still active somewhere, so I don't want to slag him off too much. So what we've done is we've created... (coughs) Damn it now. Yes, but he went out to non-league and came back. Oh, then he was basically... Yeah, they wanted to sign him at... uh, He had a big game on... Or is it off? Is he off or something? Probably not, he's been off, is it? I think they wanted to sign him, yeah. He had a good game and then there was someone linking him now. Chesterfield wanted him. Mm. let's go back in so Phil you know so it felt a bit harsh so Derek O'Connor and Phil are on their academy products any others that stand out for you guys who could maybe challenge Clark Elliot Scott Bevan you've already mentioned about five too many Tim Clark at the end (laughs) there's another goalkeeper as well talk about memories I remember getting a, a coach up to Sunderland and there was a young player for Sunderland playing called Michael Bridges. And it was the debut of a guy we got on loan from Arsenal. He'd been signed by Arsenal with a big reputation. We were one all in that game. It was We were looking good. It was Jacko's great escape season. And then this goalkeeper comes flying out of his goal for no reason. There's no ball to get. And another that makes the short list, but probably doesn't make the team, Vince Bartram. Yeah, it was just a big clumsy off. It was one very good one, let's be fair. I remember Tony Norman and Kevin Blackwell. I mean, they were kind of reserve keepers for us, weren't they, yeah. at the time? But I'd, I remember thinking, wow, let, let's just, you know... They, they were sort of keepers who were always sort of career, career backups, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. There's another guy as well, Danny, that you may remember. It's probably slightly before me, but when creating this list of players, I canvassed opinion from you guys. I've canvassed it from a couple of people who the older brigade have post on Doubt the Mac... Um, I asked your friend as well, Danny uh, Martin, as well, for his opinion on a few of these things. 
And one goalkeeper that came up, I have no recollection of, so I'm hoping you guys can help me, is a guy called Seamus Jim McDonough, who I believe was signed by Malcolm McDonald. He's, he's another ex-Scarborough player. I think he was actually, this is how bad he was, I think he was at Scarborough before he played yeah, for we us. signed him on loan from yeah, Scarborough. that's pretty bad. So um, I, don't, I don't have any particular memories of him other than that he played for us, but I don't remember him doing anything sort of uh, Tim Clark I, I just remember him being a bit was he a bit chunky he might have been yeah he a little bit been. of a chunk um, and let's be honest if it was signed by Malcolm McDonald he'd probably had at least 16 pints before he watched him and, and went for him anyway probably probably bumped into him in a kebab shop I mean yeah Ma- Malcolm McDonald ruined Brian Cox anyway the reputation that he had and he was a town legend so I, I wouldn't put too much on the Seamus McDonald Right, so <clears throat> so we'll finish off the goalkeepers. Um, we've all each done our own team. We've all got our own number one. I, I don't think there's going to be much opinion. So what I've done is I've devised a scoring system whereby we all name a goalkeeper. And in case of a tie, we've got a good scoring system whereby we can work out who goes into the overall team. So, Neil, I'm not sure who your number one goalkeeper is for this. <laughs> You'll be absolutely astounded to hear that it's Timothy Coco Clark. Mine's Timothy post back pass rule Clark. I've I've gone for I was very close to going Tony Elliott because Tim Clark at his worst ousted Tony Elliott back into the team, but for what Tim Clark did afterwards where he he, he tried to take on the entire Chester front line, ended up dribbling into one of the worst central midfielders we've ever seen at Leeds Road in John Kelly and letting John Kelly score his only ever goal for Chester. Tim Clark gets the nod for me. So rounding up the goalkeepers, Cosy. Scott Bevan won mine. I just can't have Tim Clark in a 38-goal first season pre-back pass, but outvoted, so I'm afraid he's Mr Clark is in. So, going to the Matrix, our goalkeeper is Tim Clark. The backup goalkeeper is Scott Bevan. And the third choice is Tony Elliott. So, that moves us on to the right-back area. So, town historically, most of these players... So, we've probably picked a bad time. Neil, especially you, you started going in 1980. Most of town's misery comes from 1974 onwards, whereby we've probably just missed peak misery whereby we dropped from Division 1 to Division 4 in almost successive seasons and there are one or two players who get dishonourable mentions from the 70s who we can't really comment too much on because we haven't seen them but in the 80s it's fair to say that we saw a pretty ropey right back and this theme pops up a couple of times in Huddersfield Town's history whereby they happen to sign the wrong brother and 67 appearances for Celtic back in an era when Scottish football was good you would expect a bit more from this guy Willie McStay or Willie McGoforth and Multiply (laughs) (laughs) he was abysmal I think he's one of these that Paul McStay his better brother obviously whoever 
signed Paul McStay, wanted Paul McStay. I, I reckon from a junior age, I reckon Paul McStay's dad were a bit of a bruising Glaswegian and he's threatened them. You're not having Paul unless you take Willie. <laughs> and I think that it, that's, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying as I said it. I'll laugh that up. That's not getting edited out. It's too, it's too good. It's generally too good. <laughs> So, Neil, um... (laughs) (coughs) 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 So, so Neil, so Huddersfield Town ended up receiving Willie. (laughs) That's worse. And we didn't get Paul. Thankfully, Willie McStay only made nine first-team appearances, but he's enough to be yours and Danny's number one right-back in this slot. <laughs> Willie's in slots, it's going wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say, I had booty, and that's not going to help, is it? <laughs> <coughs> oh, dear. So it's from Willie to booty, from to So the right back I chose <coughs> So the right back I chose for this one was a guy that had me frothing at the mouth one one after one Saturday in August nineteen ninety nine. And there's a theme, Danny, you've noticed about about Scarborough. But it seems where we are the intermediary between Scarborough and Middlesbrough on quite a number of these players that pop up. And one guy that came from Middlesbrough to replace Steve Jenkins in 1999 was a right fullback by the name of Steve Baker who made his debut at QPR and got taken off played against Blackburn on Sky had a bit of a shaky game and then we went to Prenton Park and (laughs) fuck it up We're never going to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Cosse! <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. I, can't, I can just see this big one. I'm Willie. All I can so think of is groundskeeper Willie coming down going, Oh, no. <laughs> right, so went to Prenton Park after. 35 minutes of an unreal performance. The right back gets hauled off 10 minutes before half time. Shows how bad that performance was. Step forward, Mr. Steve Baker. 
He's replaced by a central midfield in Barry Horn, never to be seen again, only to reappear at Scarborough Seaside a few years later for uh, Danny's viewing pleasure. Yeah, thankfully I missed out on him. I saw a couple of other dodgy fullbacks at Scarborough that we'd had, but not him. But yeah, I saw the um, the, the, the Tranmere game that he appeared in and he was abysmal. That's all I've got on him because he didn't play enough. Cossie went left field a little bit. He, he actually went for a player of the year as his as his least favourite right back. Yeah, I've criticised people for putting players in who's got into playoff finals and won playoffs and stuff. But then they yeah, are controversial. I mean, Neil Parsley just never liked the guy. Uh, never did anything for me. Very negative fullback. Never really got forward. Didn't like him whatsoever. I think he came from Leeds, am I right in saying? Yeah. I don't know if that had something to do with it. we sold him. Yeah. We had a bit of a, a glut of selling people to West Brom. We sold him to West Brom. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Donovan, Donovan to West Brom. Yeah. Or Regan to West Brom. Yeah. And Don, Donovan and, yeah. But, bad. Bad. So were he, was he player of the year in that failed playoff uh, season? No. Or not? No. no. Or was it not? I was going to say yeah, that was yeah. a season where that says it all to me. That I think Parsley got player of the year in that. Was it maybe nineteen ninety one or ninety two? I think it was nineteen ninety one. Was it where he maybe got yeah. player of the year? Neil Parsley. So, not a good player. I just remember him having <coughs> that, that rancid moustache that he had. He did, yeah. Boys, I've just got a little chant for you. I do too. I do too. You know what happens when you chant, mate. <laughs> I know what happens when you chant. Kwame, I've got to pull this guy on the uh, the debate. Kwame, I do. Too. I remember we didn't sign many international players or foreign players no. at that time, and he, he came. He was. Kind of bigged up, wasn't it? And I remember an examiner. Well, he signed from Auxerre. Yeah. He came from Auxerre in 1999 yeah. as, at the same time, Steve Baker arrived. Wow, it, it was incredible. I don't, that I don't know what time his... time signing them to at the same time, wasn't it? You couldn't have made a fullback yeah. out of both of them. Steve, you know, Steve Jenkins never looked so good, did he, when he got back in that side? <coughs> I quite like Steve Jenkins, to be honest. I didn't mind him. I, I remember Town fans saying he's just a Welsh David Beckham too, mate. When they messed about with Jenkins... Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I remember I'd, I missed the home game. That sounds like a scenario that you take one, you've got to take other. Yeah, yeah, he actually had, he sort of remembered by some town fans for having one half game and, and being terrible, but I remember him appearing in a cup game at Notts County and he, he didn't stand out, which is in a way a good thing because he didn't stand out as terrible and I missed that home game against Fulham that everybody mocked him for where he was hauled off. Well, half time. My memory of, of Kwame Hadutu is he came on for his debut against Norwich with 10 minutes left and he actually looked okay. He came on and I remember him going on this big big run from right back, cutting in, and he smacked this shot which just went over the bar at his left foot around with five minutes left, ran back to right back, had his hands on his knees out of breath, signalling to the bench that he needed to come back off. And... He managed to see that game through, but the game which people mock him for is uh, is Fulham at home. He played Notts County and then Fulham at home, and then after Fulham, I think he was laughed out of England, and, and he's disappeared. His records have been expunged. It's almost like the FBI have been in and just erased this guy from memory from two th- from pretty much 1999 onwards. There's two other guys I want to give honourable mentions. When you think of like the... Dishonourable the, mentions. The dishonourable mentions, I always say. When you think of Liverpool and West Ham, you think of sexy football, you think of the, the boot room. What are the West Ham called? What's their motto? It's the, Forever blowing bubbles. No, they're not <coughs> like the... The West Ham way. West Ham way. But we ended up with Sean Hesse, <laughs> just saying it, and Kenny Brown. You know, Kenny, I, Kenny Brown was awful. He's on my, in, my, in my top five. 
he was absolutely dreadful. There's another one I remember, and it's Danny. I don't think you will to remember this. Danny will. Um, a fullback with no neck, long hair and a tash, called Kevin Bird. Yeah, I remember him making his appearance in, uh, against Blackburn. I've got some information on Kevin Bird. He was rubbish. Yeah, he, he didn't look like a footballer, he looked like a painter decorator. Yeah, he did. So for you, Neil, Bird was not the word. <laughs> 450 not games for Mansfield, signed for Huddersfield, played once, that was enough, packed up, retired moved back to Mansfield and played Sunday League football. Well, that, that was his level. Kevin Awful. Bird. And he was a Buxton signing as well. Wow. Actually, I can further upset Neil here because one of the players that nearly made it is somebody who I should have had in my best 11, which is Malcolm Brown when he reappeared at town for his second spell in the late 80s. <coughs> he, was, he was superb that first spell. Sold him to Newcastle, had a bad injury, and the player that we bought back was just, he wasn't up to it anymore. They were done. Sean Hesse, Sean Peter Hesse, born 19th September 1978, is an English football manager and former professional footballer who played as a defender. 1989 to 1999, Huddersfield Town, 12 appearances, and he started his career at Leeds United. There seems to be a theme with kind of my players. Neil yeah. Parsley, Sean Hesse, yeah. I'm going to find out which team he's managing and no doubt they'll be rubbish. Yeah. Sean Hesse was. I felt a bit sad. So he was. He played under Jacko, and Jacko played him right back on. He either played right back or centre back. But the guy used his right foot for standing, so he would never look. Did he look at Chester? No, Kilmarnock. But he did play at Chester, Neil. Yeah, he had four happy years at Chester, <laughs> seventy-nine times. Happy Kilmarnock. Years. Yeah, I mean, he went everywhere. Kilmarnock, Blackpool, Chester, Macclesfield, <coughs> and Lone. Then they signed him permanently. He had some really good stints. He played three hundred sixty-three games. Managed Marine for two seasons, the mighty Marine, and yeah, but yeah, Huddersfield Town, 12 appearances. He was actually a decent player on Championship Manager, if I remember, being sad, because I always used to remember this Sean Hesse, did he not play for Town and he'd be signing for uh, top flight teams on Championship Manager, which means one of his like uh, researchers at Championship Manager must have rated him somewhat. So one, one fullback that you've mentioned in, in your list, Neil, is... A guy, so when a guy I know who worked for Huddersfield, um, a chap called Tony Pierce, who was manager of Bradley Rangers back in the 80s, 90s, when Bradley Rangers had a really good side. There's a guy came from Bradley Rangers in the mid 80s who you weren't so familiar, weren't so au fair with. Steve Stout. That's the one. Just an, just another bang, well not even bang average, bang awful player. Just There's nothing in particular that stands out about him which probably says everything. He was just, just not very good. So to wrap up, <clears throat> wrap up the Rybacks, other players that have got a, a dishonourable mention, Aaron Hardy gets a single point possibly looked slightly out of his depth but again that goes back to the Ken Davy era and the 1.2 million wage bill Ash. whereby we didn't really have have much on there um, Darren Edmondson came in for £225,000 from Carlisle he's had a few mentions um, Nat Brown is one that goes on my list because he was a he's a trier but footballer he just wasn't and 
Mel Machin played him right wing back a couple of times and the guy ran like he was wearing armbands and running through water. It was it was painful watching. And to wrap up the dishonourable mentions, because we've also got Ian Measham, Paul Cooper, Paul Gartland and Keith Ripley. Big question, will he stay in the team, Neil? That is my question for you. Will he stay in your town? He will definitely stay. So who's your right back, guys? McStay. I'm going to put uh, Booty in front of Willie. You've got Booty at left back. Shit. Neil, that's a one. You can't have bloody Neil at right back. I'd have been better than half of these shit houses. Right, go again. Neil. Oh, no. no, no, just you. Yeah. Player of the year legend, Neil Parsley for me, Matt. I've gone with Steve Baker based on 35 minutes of me frothing at the mouth at Prenton Park back in 1999. So we put these names through the matrix and the right back of choice is Willie McStay. Two for two. Steve bloody. Baker, Kwame Hadutu are the runners up to that position. Excellent. So we'll move on to left back. So there seems to be a bit of a theme with with fullbacks. Town had some really good fullbacks going up through the fifties, sixties, seventies. You you got your Derek Parkins, your Dennis Clarks, Jeff Hutz. Jeff Hutt was part of the team that slid down the league, but a good fullback nonetheless. Um, Ray Wilson, obviously uh, the legend of the game, completely. But that <coughs> seemed to go by the wayside in the seventies onwards. And one player that you've got in here Neil is a chap who going back to the the glory years of Huddersfield Town there was a chap called Herbert Chapman who obviously is the second best manager now I think that Huddersfield Town have ever had it's a heavy name but 60 years later we've got a guy with a similar name no relation who turned up from Tolaw Town and Thought he could have a go or had a go at playing Vince Chapman, anemic, ginger haired, skinny. Danny's looking offended he now. He <laughs> was absolutely woeful. He couldn't run, he couldn't tackle, he couldn't pass a ball. Oh, he, he was, right. whoever spotted him and thought that there's a professional footballer. Needs needed sacking instantly. Vince Chapman was awful. You only had to suffer six appearances, thankfully, in 1987-88. The opposite of anemic would be a fullback that I've put down for a couple of points, and that is a guy that came in in 2008 to stand Tyrant's team. A guy who probably came in three or four stone overweight, couldn't run. Never had, never, ever, ever missed a penalty. He might have missed one or two, but always took a great penalty until he pulled on the blue and white stripes. <laughs> and that man, David Unsworth, appears on my list here as well. Not as number one, but he he was probably the equivalent of three Vince Chapmans. 
it, it didn't. It, it's not actually surprisingly made my top stroke bottom five left backs, which tells you more about the uh, substandard of the the five that I've picked rather than how, how, how good he is. Do you know, I, I am one of the last people to call other people fat or say overweight, so I will throw that disclaimer in there. But again, I don't try and play professional football. But it seems to be a bit of a theme with mine because I've also got in, and no one else has got this, uh, Costa, you might have a few points for him, but I've also got Ronnie Robinson. He only made two appearances in, in, 1990, in 1993-94, but those two appearances have stayed with me. <laughs> and the, the, these little things that just etch on your brain, you know, that you just can't get rid of. Rubbish. Ronnie Robinson is another one, but I've also got... Martin Booty is my number one and yes he played right back for the majority of his career and he came to town as a right back he played four games town didn't win any of them and by the 25th of August he was asked to stop completely and coach after a game where he played left back at Doncaster and I don't like being too mean and this is obviously just for fun but his performance that day was I don't have the he words like for it competition. I, I was just let's just say I was pleased he was coaching after that and and to be fair Jacko spoke highly of him but see, I've, I've got another one that it looked like um, he should have been some kind of US Marine and he was an absolutely dreadful footballer and he went on I don't know if he still does but he went on to manage Walsall uh, John Whitney Oh, I thought you were meant to Chris Hutchins then. Yeah. Oh, no, please don't. Yeah, John Whitney signed for £10,000 from Winsford yeah, in Cheshire. He, he was rubbish. Absolutely awful. But the other one that I've that nobody else has picked, surprisingly, and I absolutely despise this bloke, everything about him. It was built up, well, it was built up by himself, probably more than anything else. We signed him from then Premier League, West Bromwich Albion, on a free transfer. He came as an Australian international. He thought he was the bee's knees. He'd had a good World Cup, hadn't he, before he went yeah, to Yeah, he had a decent World Cup, apparently. It'd probably That's probably more him telling tale than somebody else. They sold so, T-shirts about him, Neil. I remember <sighs> going around Lusfield, there were T-shirts Ridiculous, about this man. But, yeah, J- Jason Davidson. and he, He's got to be a good shout, because he was absolutely woeful. And I think you've also got to look at the standard of the team we had at the time. Compared to putting somebody who played in the sort of early Jacko era when it was full of academy kids, I think players like Davidson get a bigger shout for me than he likes here. Aaron Hardy's purely on so-called reputation. When you look he at was the, just an ugly-wearing weapon. When you look at the Australian team that played in this World Cup, I mean, obviously a bit more stronger than it was back then, but yeah, it was an international. And But I always thought, hang on a minute, he's an international, but West Brom never played him. There was that kind of... Claxon sounding in my mind. I remember when he was signed and, and they interviewed him and couldn't wait to get over. But wow, he was. I remember that game against Wolves where we took about thirty fans or what you know on that Saturday lunchtime. I remember wearing that white shirt and he would have fought. I think for just about every single goal. It was absolutely awful. But the crowd disliked him from from the start. Pretty much yeah. instantly. I but, think if you turn up to Yorkshire with a top knot, I think you've struggled to get people on side, don't you? Especially thing is it. it it wasn't so much he'd been built up elsewhere, he built himself up. I mean, he did, one thing he wasn't short of was self-confidence, but Christ, he was short of any kind of footballing ability. Kevin, got, Kevin Sharp's in my team, lads, and I, again, you might another theme, Ke- Kevin, Kevin Sharp's my number one yeah, pick for Leicester. Just, just roll, roll back a sec. 
there's I've got a story about um, Jason Davidson. Um, a friend of mine won a competition to have a golf day with Paul Jewell um, in the summer of, I think it was 2015, when Jason Davidson signed. And Paul Jewell had spent the last six months as the assistant manager at West Brom. So obviously we'd just announced that we'd signed Australian international Jason Davidson. And my mate thought, you know, this is a good opportunity. I could get the inside scoop from the guy on, you know, the assistant manager of the time. And so he asked Paul Jewell, he said, what are your thoughts on Jason Davidson? And Paul Jewell gave him a really blank, flummoxed look. And he's like, I don't, I don't know who that is. And my mate said, Jason Davidson, he's just signed for Huddersfield from West Brom. And Paul Jewell just looked absolutely dumbfounded. The guy had spent six months coaching West Brom and had never heard of this guy in the six months' time that he was there. And I think that just shows how well he was thought of there. Jason Davidson, for me, wouldn't appear on, on the left-back list anywhere near. Um, what ruined him, though, he did have a, a reasonable spell at one point, but what ruined him is when he had a reasonable spell where he wasn't rubbish, he ran away to uh, one of the Australian football magazines and bigged himself up and mentioned how he was on all free kicks and corners and how he was a key player. And I think that was... That was one of the things that turned in, uh, turned town fans off him was that okay you've had a good game or two and then he and then he ran away to uh, publications trying to big himself up but not one for me but Costa you've got one who appears on everybody's list Kevin Sharp I think there seems to be a theme with some of mine ex Leeds United coming to town but <coughs> I just don't know what he offered it. if I'm right in saying he was part of the was it the Wadsworth I've just can picture him now in that audible void. Odysseal blue shirt with yeah. the primetime recruitment on it. Four, si- four sizes yeah. too big. Yeah, he, 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 he fouled so many people. He'd never got forward defensively. I, and again, I think he can be a decent reputation. I don't think he, he came. I think he'd been leads. I'll have to look it up. But but yeah, absolutely appalling. He, he got called Kevin Blunt more than Kevin Sharp. Yeah, he, he came was. on a free transfer from Wrexham and he played yeah. something like 160, 70 games for Wigan as well. So he it, it, it was quite experienced by the time he'd come to us. And my abiding memory of Kevin Sharp is of him as a terrible left-back as one. But it was more, and one thing that you've gone about, Neil, is the attitude of some players. And I remember the day we got relegated to the bottom tier. We lost 5-1 at Port Vale, and there was a centre-back who had an absolute mare that day as well, who we'll get to. But I remember a lot of players giving up prior to the fourth and fifth going in and Kevin Sharp was one of them and I remember him going through one-on-one with the goalkeeper and getting nowhere near the ball and just kicking the goalkeeper out of spite and I just at that point I was just like this isn't a guy that you want to come back up with but wanted him he was just a, an awful awful footballer and he, he's he's a left back for me no doubt so Danny you've gone with I've gone with Kevin Sharp as well. I just think during that season when we were struggling and you needed sort of people to stand up, him and Eddie Yowds together, they, they just... You, you could tell they didn't want to be at Huddersfield Town. They were only sort of sticking around because they got the contracts. And when there was talk about payments not being made, it seemed to be those two in particular who, who took the hump rather than... Yeah, I'll come to Eddie Yowds in a moment. He yeah. appears on the centre-back list. But so we've thrown the, them all into the algorithm um, Kevin Sharp is my second uh, Danny is your number one uh, the left back of choice in our 
Whoppers and Weapons Huddersfield Town's team is Kevin Sharp. Three for three. His backup is Martin Booty, and then Jason Davidson sits in third place ahead of David Dunsworth. And that's the only three that Jason Davidson should ever get given ever again. I generally had put picked twenty ahead of him. I've seen some bad ones in my time, but we'll See, leave the left backs where they are. One of my friends kind of give a shout out to Dominic Whirling. He was a bit of a character, wasn't he? Thunderbolt of a of a left foot, but that's all he had though. <laughs> that <laughs> was it. He could just hit everything like a rocket. I'll yeah. give some dishonourable mentions actually, because some of these names will jog your memory and. Lee Clark struggled for a left back. I remember Thomas Kadar came in and he actually looked like the solution to the problems and then got injured after two games. But a couple of these will probably make your toes curl. Um, Mark Wright from the early 90s. Ian. Way from Everton. From Everton. They were rubbish. Ian Bray. Paul Garner. Phil Sandercock. Mick Carmody. Mick Carmody, yeah. One you mentioned, Neil, earlier um, off podcast was Danny Adams. He was a Marmite left back. A lot of town fans loved Danny Adams because he just clattered everything. But that didn't mask that he was just a, 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 a crap a crap footballer. I think one abiding memory that town fans have is Lee Trundle was a was a scourge of Huddersfield Town and Danny Adams wound him up so much that Lee Trundle got sent off and Danny Adams walked him off the pitch to howls of laughter from, from the crowd as well. I think little things like that. And obviously it was a decent season with his getting in the yeah. playoffs. I think people tend to... I can see why people <clears throat> why people liked him. We were really struggling big time for a left back prior to him as well, and his organisation was good. He just couldn't run, which was yeah. He's not anywhere near this team, but is uh, it, it was worth a mention. Other Lee Clark nightmare signings. Uh, Whirling got mentioned, but I don't know if you remember Stephen Jordan who came in on loan as well. He's he's quite probably quite yeah, a forgettable he one. Wet, wasn't he? Chris Hutchins, Neil, you gave a mention. Yeah, out. I couldn't stand Chris Hutchins. More bothered about his bleached blonde hair than I was. <laughs> Me too. Man. And we had a few in that team. Yeah. In the 2003-04 season, we sold John Stead to Blackburn. In return, we got a midfielder who we'll talk about later on loan, who wasn't great. But Blackburn couldn't afford the last repayment for John Stead, or didn't want to pay the last repayment. So what they did is they did as a favour, or, or a favour, and sent a left-back called Andy Taylor, who also wasn't very good, but he ended up repaying that fee thricefold when he missed the penalty for Sheffield United in the yeah. 2012 final. And they brought him on specifically to take a pen as well when he hit the post. Finally, six years later, he, well, four years later, repaid. Yeah, yeah, he went rubbish, wasn't he? Yes. So uh, a fun position. So a position of immense responsibility, captaincy, leadership qualities, toughness, is centre back Neil? I think this is—is is this a position you played as a, as a strapping young man? I kicked a ball a time or two, kicked a few players a time or two as well. And there's a centre back who I've even put this guy on my list despite never seeing him play for Huddersfield Town. I turned up to—I don't know if you guys remember—if Yanura came and he played in a friendly for us, and he, he came from uni- University of Bradford we signed him from and he played in a friendly against Scunthorpe and there was a defender for Scunthorpe who whose name when he was announced got howls of laughter and as a, as a kid I think I was nine or something sat there going what? why is everyone laughing at this guy and ten minutes into the game I realised after he kicked the ball high up into the air backwards three times under no pressure and he's got a rather interesting backstory after 
playing football as well, which I can't find any any information on. And trying to find pictures on this guy is also very difficult. But signed from Derby County, where he'd never played, Huddersfield no Town signed. And I, I take a steer on this from a friend of mine who uh, was a very good coach and football scout who named his dog after this player as well. And he oh, tells God. me, he tells me this footballer is the worst ever player to play for Huddersfield Town and he goes by the name of Gordon Tucker. Yeah, hands down. Absolutely hands down. He was abysmal. I've I've managed two or three Sunday sides, and they won't get anywhere near any of them. It was that bad. What was it that made him? I like I said, I only saw a clueless. He couldn't edit. He couldn't kick it. He couldn't tackle. So slow as well. Oh. I remember the one of my memories. He's terrorist. He used to always get his back, but he he offered absolutely nothing. You'd like you you want to see an attribute? You know, if someone might have no pace, but they might be. He got nothing. He got nothing that covered for anything else. He had that chessboard kit on, didn't he? That, oh, he it, it, it was, it was just an absolutely oh, no. dreadful. What was worse is that he stood out in that, that those teams of the eighty-seven, eighty-eight that were the, probably the worst teams I've ever seen, and he yeah. still stood out as terrible. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 was some accomplishment because he was surrounded by ten other terrible players. But he just yeah, he's in head, he's head in. and shoulders. He, it, it, well, let, let's be fair. He should be captain of this side. It's unanimous so far, but who's the man that's going to play alongside Gordon Tucker in this four four two? And well, this I, is I where can give you nine possibilities, and there's a good case for all of them. We've got fifteen, along with several dishonourable mentions, and we'll rattle through a few of them. But I feel we need to stop on this one in particular for you Neil so I think we you need to get some of this tension and traumatic uh, experiences from the 80s out of your system here with a little bit of therapy well, this could be any of them. signed from Barnsley in 1988 yeah. a Bradfordian by the name of Andrew Duggan he <laughs> was an absolute hod carrier he was just a, a big Lump. It looked like he just walked off local building site, and he played like he were playing with bricks. He was dreadful. Couldn't edit. Couldn't run. Couldn't tackle. He was the perfect partner. It was a crime that they played football. And Andy Duggan, the fact that he ever picked up a wage as a professional footballer, is beyond disgraceful. Twenty nine appearances, three goals. Wow. I saw him, vaguely remember him. Big lummox. And uh, Danny Cossey, you you guys must have seen him. Yeah, I remember him. And he, honestly, he wasn't far away from my, uh, you know, partner for uh, for the last guy who was named Forgotten. <laughs> Best Forgotten, Mr. Tucker. Indeed. <coughs> yeah, that, I think I'm kind of thinking of a bit of my theme for my guys. It seems to be a few from look for getting cast off some local teams. So I'm gonna chuck uh, Mr. E. Yelts into the uh, into the ring. I it, obviously at Bradford he was a bit of a legend. Yeah, to be he honest was. with you. He was, yeah. And classic town scenario. We got him went past his best, but he was absolutely shocking. And I think he was. You touched on it there, Neil. When you know the problems happened with the cash, he was the one apparently. That he, you know kind of kicking up and adjusting but he offered nothing 
time and they were slow. He were horrible. He wasn't a leader of, of no. men. I, I absolutely despise this. Th- that, that's when you needed. I mean, we've had quite a few legend leaders over the years, like, you know, Jacko, an obvious one. Jacko would have been perfect in that side that were just absolutely in ruins. Jacko would have been the one who would have got all the young lads together and, you know, made something of him just as a captain on the pitch. But Eddie Howes were. He, he was me, 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 and a crap footballer to boot. So, Eddie Yards is my number one pick as a centre-back. Uh, we won seven out of 25 games that he played in, came with that big reputation, because you talked about completely immobile after an injury he'd suffered, ironically, at Charlton against us, uh, where he got stretched off. Um, but the thing which stuck in my craw, so to speak was that he tried to, or allegedly tried to lead a player revolt and strike after they didn't get paid one week. And I think as the captain of a, a football club to l- try and lead the players into a strike to not play at the weekend, I just found really distasteful. And that's why Eddie Howes is my number one centre-back. It, I don't care about ability. If you're going to try and lead the players into a strike and not play at the weekend... You're a scumbag. I, you, you're in my team. Yeah. You're in my team, mate. And Tucker can be captain, but you're the shop steward. Frank Sinclair were pushing him close, though. Again, big, obviously, what he'd done in the game, big reputation. But I'll never forget that day at Chillingham when we were absolutely dire. And wow, I think anyone who went with you there, Neil, that day when. Yeah, a friend of mine, Ben Thorns, he'll, uh, he's got a particular name for, uh, for Frank. And we'll probably leave that one alone on this podcast. I used to call him Frank the Tank because, again, he had no yeah. neck and really big soul. We knew he was past his best, but what we thought he'd bring us a bit of leadership, you know, kind of a guy showing his experience. And he, he went absolutely shocking. And he just yeah. that game at Gillingham was incredible, yeah. though. He lost it. I, honestly, disgraced. It, it, it was there purely to pick up a wage. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. So I've got two stories of what I've highlighted for Frank Sinclair. One of them is the Gillingham away, whereby I think, I don't think it was your mate doing it, but. Phil Jevons, who gets a probably dishonourable mention later on, was receiving a little bit of stick from some town fans telling him, you know, you don't try, you blah, 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 blah. And to be fair to Phil Jevons, he shrugged his shoulders and apparently and said, yep, I, I do try. I'm just not very good. And fair play, fair play to him. But Frank Sinclair came charging back out of the tunnel, ready to take on the entire away end. And, and again, as someone so experienced and was captain, I think he captained us, he captained Burnley, he was an on-goal specialist, wasn't he, at Leicester and Chelsea, but to, to try and take on the entire way end by himself, just, you're a weapon, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No so, doubt. And it, it was disappointing for wrestlers. And the other one, which, again, I didn't enjoy, was I knew somebody who was in the uh, Fantastic Media box area uh, 10, 12 years ago, a mate of mine, and Frank Sinclair wasn't playing one game and he was with his... Uh, his child I can't remember now if it was a boy or a girl and he was doing the bits where you pop into the box say hello like Boothie does now and and somebody asked his little um, I think he's his little boy I said him when, when you're older do you want to play for a team like Huddersfield and Frank Sinclair chimed in straight away and said he won't be playing for a club like this and to do that in front of supporters for no for no real reason just there's no class though, and Frank Sinclair for me. Any, it, was, it was purely a wage. The end. That was all he was. And 
it, it saddens me when players have such a, a disdain for a football club like that who are who are essentially paying them to play football and it, it just leaves a bad taste for me. Let's get some of these other names. The, the one that I could still cannot believe this day because he's still playing, I think he is, isn't he? And so, Richard Keogh, I remember when he came, I think he was a loan signing Neil, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And, and he was a from, young boy at the time. From, from Bristol I, City. Yeah, I, I thought he was kind of up there in, in some of the guys we've just talked about now. With no pace, horrible, leaking goals. Yeah. I International thought, footballer. Yeah. No. Absolutely incredible in national football. Derby County, kind of, you know, hero and legend. But yeah, I, I still, this day when I watch in that playoffs games, like, wow, that's Richard Keogh. There's a long list, though, to be fair. There's the Jason Gavin, <laughs> Stuart Hicks, <coughs> David Edgar, and one that mine were an, an, a player returning, a sort of bit of the Malcolm Brown scenario where it was a very good first thing and awful in second stint was uh, Chris Lichetti oh. he was dreadful when he came back awful to see and, and in an attitude to match it as well yeah. I think two or three times Town tried to move him on and he just won't budge he was just happy to take his wage and do nothing one of the games I kind of vividly remember we going to Peterborough and we got absolutely battered 4-0 Unsworth Lichetti I remember I remember I had a ticket we, we used to have some time with Peterborough I was sat in a stand behind Stan Turner I just went absolutely mental they threw me out uh, <laughs> turning you the, this that and the other and that what are you doing at the <coughs> club but people couldn't believe it like who's this idiot here but I've just I've never missed right. it like that at a game Neil and you because right. you knew that the money that had been put in that season yeah. it was incredible what you were seeing wasn't yeah. it it was it would, it would, tears in the eyes God knows as, what as a town fan minimum requirement as a town fan is a team that rocks up and puts 100% in and that, that gets them a long way with town fans that Peterborough game when we were getting beaten and he, he got that red card, didn't he, in that yeah. game? And you just thought, he don't want to play in the next game because we're getting hammered and he, he's gone and chopped somebody down knowing that he's going to get sent off to me there. And it, but yeah, total contrast to the player that we had the first spell. Yeah. So going back to one player who, the, the worst game, Danny, and this is one that you'll probably all remember for the wrong reason is Huddersfield Town 1, Barnet 2. So Bart, this was the 13th game of the season and Barnet had lost 11 and drawn 1 going into this game. There was one game that they won away from home in the league all season. You can maybe guess where that was coming. After this game, they lost the next four in a row as well. Finished bottom of the league by a mile. And a centre-back who played with John Dyson, a young John Dyson that day. And John Dyson, I thought, did a really good job for us over the years. He one club man. Uh, good bloke was Stuart Hicks 29 appearances one goal for me my abiding memory of Stuart Hicks is that when the ball was played forward under no pressure not marking anybody he would always choose to dive in header a ball that was round his ankles and there was that bizarreness about him and, and throw in the, the lack of pace as well and he did score a goal against Fulham wasn't he a Scarborough man, one of Danny's friends? I think he, he is a Scarborough, Scarborough man. After, I was cursed, but I, I actually remember Stuart Hicks from before he actually signed. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cosy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Every time we were playing Doncaster in some auto glass or auto windscreens tie. Yeah. And he, he just, he absolutely clattered one of our players. What, he got sent off and I remember thinking, what is that sort of play? And then Warnock goes and buys him. And he, he was shocking, absolutely shocking. Yeah, well. I remember there's a couple of incidents at, at games over since I've been watching town 30-odd years. And uh, I remember John Thornington getting smacked in the face and the, the whole crowd laughed, which is not something that you sort of see at a, here at a football ground. If something odd happens, like the referee gets hit, and the, you sort of get a, a bit of a, a, a reaction. But whenever Stuart Hicks broke into a sprint, his head used to shoot back and forwards on his neck like a chicken. And just, I remember the, ho- the home fans, away fans, there were just this laughter. I'd never heard anything like it at a football game before. So, do, Stuart Hicks sadly gets the first sub position in this team. Um, Go on, then, of, of, of the players, Of the players that I've seen, my partnership will be Eddie Yowes and Stuart <coughs> Hicks, but Gordon Tucker on reputation and that Scunthorpe performance, I've thrown him in. So Gordon Tucker and Eddie Yowds are our centre-backs going into this. Um, some other mentions as we go through. Jason Gavin, 10 games, synonymous in that 5-1 defeat at Port Vale where he was Did he, so did he score in that one, though? He even scored, yeah, so you felt bad I was slagging him off, and I remember as the ball coming to him, I think I was slagging him off, and he still scored, and I continued slagging him off after he'd scored. <laughs> and, and rightly so. And the good thing about Jason Gavin, and there is a good thing, is that he carried on his excellent work after he left us for Bradford, Bradford City. Yeah, he did. And they went tumbling well down the leagues. I quite liked him there. Um, Mark Jackson, five appearances... Played in the 2-1 win over Bradford where Grant Johnson scored that turn and volley. Well, well miscontrol and volley, but we'll, we'll glamorise that. And the 7-1. But he played in the 7-1 <laughs> the week after at Barnsley where he was quite badly at fault for a few goals. A, play, a couple of players that you've thrown in, Danny, are Sam Collins. who yeah, uh, To be honest, with hindsight, I feel quite bad about Sam Collins because I remember the game where I thought this bloke is just not good enough for us was against Bolton and there was a chap called Ida Good Johnson. He wasn't. It bad, would just was put it? him on his backside. But I mean, back then it was like this is just a Bolton striker who's putting him on his backside. Fair enough. He ended up at Chelsea and Barcelona. But but I he should have done better, shouldn't he? He should have done better <laughs> with him. Yeah, he shouldn't have been put on his backside. Matt, there's some absolute Rob Dewhurst. Rob Dewhurst. Do you know what? I remember Rob Dewhurst being this lanky guy we got on loan from Blackburn, and he was bad. <laughs> he tried, but he he used to jump on his. He had long, greasy hair, and his arms and legs had flail when he went up. So his hair and everything flailed, and playing for us is not the reason. I didn't like him when he played for us, but I disliked him even less when he came back with Hull City and then scored an equaliser at our place to make sure we couldn't get automatic promotion. So he gets a point just out of spite. For the me. Welsh legend Dudley Lewis. I think. See, I don't think he yeah, was that bad. Him. No, he wasn't great. But- Ken and Doherty. I think they were a pair in Yeah, it was steady. Yeah. Ken, so Steve Walford's one Danny's mentioned as well, uh, 1987. Julian Watts. Julian Watts, I didn't think was 
he worthy was, of he, the list, to be he, honest. He, he came on oh. loan from Leicester. I got, he, he was never a centre-back. I, I got quite excited by Julian Watts because he was playing for Leicester and he looked quite good. And then wow. he was one of these that got an injury and then dropped off the face of the earth. And it happens quite a lot. The other ones, David Edgar. I remember David Edgar, you mentioned, Neil. I remember Chris Powell signing him on loan and then playing him in defensive midfield with Connor Cody. And that was a strange one. But the final centre-back that I've put on my list and... I just, Kossi, I think you've got a story here, but I just, this guy came in for quite a lot of money with a good reputation. He had an upper body that I think all of us would love to have. You know, I remember him on Soccer AM dressing as Wonder Woman for the crossbar challenge. Came in quite a lot of money, but the guy couldn't run and Lee Clark tried to play a passing out from the back system. And I remember him and Joe Scars like two chuckle brothers with a hot potato. To me, to you, to me, to you. Hoof. And that's Andy Butler. Oh, my words. Horrible. I think he came for some big money at the time. And I didn't, again, I think, wasn't he our captain? I can't remember that at a certain point. No, but I don't think so. Leadership was horrible. But I remember a few years after we played at Walsall, and he was, I think he has been there for a long time, wasn't it, at Walsall? But I just remember the away end was singing Andy Butler. He had a banker, obviously, <laughs> because he'd changed his trade, but it just echoed round, and I thought, come on, he's going to bite here and that as well, and he'd just give a V-sign to the town fans. But that, for me, the guy deserved what he got that day, and what a horrible signing. I think, for me, when they've come for some big money and a big reputation and don't deliver, I that, for me, is worse than... You know, I, I, I've got two or three of them going in other positions that are mm. down to money as well as... Being rubbish. When when you think of that team, you know Andy Butler, David Unsworth, uh, Lucchetti. Oh, some money. I, I know you don't look back, and Dean <laughs> kind of sometimes mentions it back. You know, in some of his Q and A's of that. Wow, so, some money there that you know, yeah. like Ian Craney and, and you know guys that paid some. There weren't many that kind of made it on no. after a few seasons from that, did they? Kagan Parker. Oof, God. So just to finish on the centre backs and and write them off into history uh, some dishonorable mentions that have been picked up amongst twitter and a few things here and there and other people so john mccomb simon webster chris topping dave lyon chris simpkin and brian marshall none of them get points from us but we're all mentioned in the making of this wonderful list so next i'm going to go on to wing so collating wingers was probably more difficult than creating fullbacks and center backs so we've not got a massive amount to pick from on this particular one. So uh, what I've done is I've cobbled them all together. Wingers are a bit more... They can transfer from one side to the other. And Neil, you've come up with one which I don't agree with, but you feel quite strongly about it. And he came in during the Powell era from Middlesbrough on loan, scored three goals in 15 appearances. Yeah, he's just one of my own, my dishonourable mention. He's not one of my sort of but yeah, Carriol. I thought it was rubbish. I remember Carriol, one of my abiding memories at Burnley away. An incredible moment where he got the ball on the wing by the, I think it was the touchline, so there was no one near him and he just, he just, he just run off the pitch with the ball. It was incredible. It was like there were an earthquake. I said that to Matt yesterday. Do you remember he, that, he, About 10 yards yeah. inside pitch. I walked and out of the ground at that point. literally just dribbled yeah. it off the pitch. No one anywhere near him. Yeah, it was incredible. And then he ended up at Ellen Road. And that's a game where you've got Ishmael Miller. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, oh, wow. So one of the, the, the my pick at right midfield is 
a guy who again came in when there's no money. Um, he was released by Sheffield United. He only made two appearances. He was taken off after 50 minutes on his debut and he came on as a sub for the next and I think if, if we'd have had another sub that day, we'd have subbed him back off as well. And my abiding memory of this guy is watching him warm up at Berry with Andy Holdsworth both on the bench at half-time and Andy Holdsworth was pinging. Andy Holdsworth, a good player, pinging diagonal balls across the pitch to a young man by the name of Tyrone Thompson who was struggling to keep the control of Andy Holdsworth's ball on the pitch and twice fell over trying to control the ball. And I just I just thought, I don't care if we've got no money, mate. Football's not for you. I think another Scarborough guy again. Didn't he go afterwards to Scarborough? And, and, yeah, seems to be a so we've, got, we've got a ream of distinct naffness on wings. And it would add to... To be honest, there's... People always talk about Malvin Kamara, you know, they kind of throw that, you know, remember the days of Malvin Kamara, but... I thought he was bad. I, I do, remember Danny, you used to call him Toblerone feet as well, didn't you? Yeah. But Akriton, I don't know, everyone just had a good day at some point, and Akriton away in that pouring rain in the cup oh, yeah. where it, it was incredible, it was just out of nothing, we were heading out of the cup, and I think one of two headers, or one headed and kind of at the far post, and... He got, yeah. I'm sure he got two away at Millwall. Yeah, I remember him having a good game at Millwall, yeah. but... He made yeah. 54 appearances, and apart from those two games, yeah, yeah, when yeah. a team sign him in January and then release him in June midway through a contract, like but, Paul but Bale for did, us, though, you it, know there's something it, it, wrong. He's not in this list for me. You've got oh, he is for me. In, in early 80s, we signed a winger from Norwich, who was an England under 21 international for England international. What was it <laughs> for a hundred thousand pounds, which then was a phenomenal amount of money for us. I'm saying, man. Mark Barham, and if he's not in this team, it's just wrong. He's not he in this team. Was at, well, it's wrong. Yeah, yeah this is wrong. It's <laughs> absolutely wrong. wrong. He he was the most lightweight, pussy-footed. Yeah. <sighs> back, back then, I I sort of had a, a, a rule for uh, whether a signing was good or not, and that was whether I had him in my Panini collection because if if you had him in your Panini collection, then he was a top-flight player. So I'm thinking I had Joey Jones at Chelsea and Terry Curran at uh, <coughs> Everton, Ian Banks at Leicester, and suddenly we'd signed this Mark Barham from Norwich who I had in the Panini collection. Not only that, but he had England caps two next to his name, and I thought, can't go wrong here. Can't, no. This is a fantastic signing. Wow. Like Neil says, big, fairly big money for back then. And I think he arrived with Andy May as well, who I also had from Man City. Yeah. So he was all right, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. I mean, it was... It was Baron that completely ruined my Panini rule. And, and Andy May was probably the only decent player the day we lost 10-1 at Man City. Yeah. And that's clutching. So Mark Barham came in the year before I started watching, 87-88. And he well, made, you, you missed a treat. <laughs> he made 27 appearances, scoring one goal. But we, we signed another one at a similar time on loan from Watford. Again, England honours. Panini. Panini. So and again, that was a double signing as well, because we had Neil McNabb, and again I had yeah. <laughs> Nigel Callahan. Oh. He had more... Oh, uh, DJ Callahan. DJ yeah. Callahan. And I think he must have already started. <laughs> Danny, and just going back to Neil He McNabb, was awful. Danny just pulled up a photo of Neil McNabb and his Panini <coughs> on his phone, and the rage coming from him. He just even now, all these years on, he just can't put him out of his mind. No. But I, I, I've, I've got a couple, to be fair, who cost us a lot of money. 
He was more winger, Nigel Cannon, but he, he just didn't look like a winger. No. He never bet anyone. No. Small and I, small. He, he, he was highly rated. He, yeah, he sort of a John bit, Burns. He came yeah, on from Villa, who I yeah, think were Champions, a bit I think of Champions Villa League. Paid big, big, yeah. big money for him from what? Well, European yeah, but Cup he were rubbish. <laughs> but we had another couple that I've picked out. Were one we signed from Oldham for three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, which was massive money then. In about three foot square. And to be fair, he could shift. He could run, could this lad. But unfortunately for him, as a footballer, that's all he could do. His kit was five times too yeah. big for him as well. David Beresford. Oh, David Beresford, He yeah. was awful. Couldn't He couldn't control it. I remember him being good for Oldham. There, 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 so there was a game where we beat them 3-2 on Sky and he set both goals then. out, didn't he? Yeah. That were massive money for us then. And he was just, well, it, it, purely on fee alone and being that bad, he, he's got to be in for a shout for me. He doesn't appear on my list, but a man who does is a guy we got on loan from Man United and we bombed out after three games and he's he lives in infamy for me for when when a quality England international has a corner in a gale force wind, the last person you mark is the ball boy on the wrong side of the post and a chap called Simon Davies came on loan from Man United just after we'd signed Ben Thornley, either a year after we'd, or a little bit after we'd had Ben Thornley, and he he just did not live up to live up to those standards. And I, he, I just remember standing on the wrong side of the post on a corner and yeah. the ball going straight in. And luckily for him that night, we got out of jail because we went three 0 down. I still didn't forgive him. I still didn't forgive him for that. But he he was bad. And some other some other names with big names who failed to live up and. He's got quite a few votes on this, and I was a little bit surprised. It was Lionel Ainsworth, who came for a couple of hundred thousand pounds from Watford as well. 31 appearances, no goals. Had some problems before he signed for us. Some family slash local issues, well, I'll call it that. Yeah, wasn't he from Nottingham? He was. Some of his tweets were uh, probably better than Monitor Tin in his yeah. football. And uh, but for money, like, what about about a quarter of a million quid? To be honest, Neil, I remember that first game. I'm sure we played Hereford or someone. I can't remember, but he played for Hereford and he was very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we, that first game, I thought, wow, we've got a player here. You know, mm. often sometimes didn't last, did it? no, didn't didn't, and that's well. And, it and for me, he's got to be in there, in the mix, purely on again that for us then. Bear in mind that when we got promoted two years ago, his record was only one point eight million. This bloke cost us a quarter of a million quid. I think he signed at the same time as uh, Pilkington. He did, yeah, same I was, day. I was more excited about Ainsworth because I didn't really know that much about yeah. Pilkington, but shows how much I know. Yeah, he signed the same day. So, another player who was a big layout at the time, over three years, and this gets thrown up as one of our worst ever signings every now and then, and he doesn't make the team or the bench or the reserve right winger. And that's a man who cost us £1 million over three years and couldn't complete his three years and we had to pay him off to go and do national service oh. in his own country. Was a guy who came in and looked absolutely superb for Sheffield United in the season before. Signed for the same manager. Looked amazing in pre-season and against QPR on the opening day of the season. And then turned into one of the most expensive and worst signings that we've potentially made. Mr Donis. And I remember when he used to get the ball, and we had at the time we used to have this band, didn't we, that appeared in the Panasonic upper as it was then, who used to do the sort of Greek music, didn't they? he used to with the da 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 da. And he, I don't know what happened to him because he 
something switched from QPR away to the next home game where he just looks so bad. And ending the way it did with him not playing, he, he, he ended up making 25 appearances over a couple of years. And Danny is your number two right winger here. But paying him off so he could go to national service just seemed like a real kick in the, in the, in the balls as well. Yeah, he, he was not good, was he? Um, I think I remember one performance I remember other than those pre-season games like you mentioned he looked he looked quite promising but Grimsby away and it was sort of the end of uh, Steve Bruce there he, he just you could tell this he'd, he'd had enough as well he, he was off so some other some other ones who, who make the almost list with Malvin Kamara is a there's a game where again it's another academy player who probably shouldn't have played but if you were there on the day away at Oldham for those 45 minutes you know if you know and James Hand appears for me on there similar stature to another guy who appears who we've all seen and that was Mark Wells who's got 14 points in this matrix who could take a nice free kick but do little else Des Hamilton Neil you're one who's who's put as a winger I've I've had him in as a central midfielder because I remember him playing at Wolves as a centre mid and Ian McKinnon, was it? McKinnon, yeah. <laughs> I he scored the first ever live goal I saw at Leeds Road, so I I can't, can't hate the guy. <laughs> I can't hate he the guy. He cannot amend it. He, he I I remember it. And the other another guy who scored that day went on my first game also gets a dishonourable mention, but not from me, from from others. It was Mark Smith as well, who I didn't think was that bad. No, I wasn't that bad. No, I don't think he was that bad, but. A guy who probably should have been better to complete this list, and Kossi, you mentioned him briefly, was six appearances, England youth internationals all the way with Man City, big reputation, signed for Derby, came in on loan. Surname actually technically means he should be partly creative, and, and that man was Lee Croft, a guy who yeah, had, that, had a strange body on him. Very strange, and... and after he left Huddersfield, he stayed a long time. I think went back to Oldham, didn't he? And, and kept getting re-signed there, like John Sheridan used to get re-signed by the manager. But I remember being quite excited with his signing. I, I don't know whether we paid a six-figure fee for him and that as well. I think he was just a loan. And he was crossed. fast, but he really didn't... His control were poor. There was no end product at all. He was really frustrating playing. To be honest, I don't think he lasted right long for us. I just remember this barrel-chested winger with yeah. the skinniest legs. Like you he were young, but he looked like he was about 40 or 50 years old. <laughs> well. It was really odd, but it's, honestly, up until probably last season, he was still you know, playing his trades. So Neil's going to be disappointed here. Our last dishonourable mentions are Steve Jones, who gets a point from Neil, Cal Madrick, Paul Bealby, Roy Greenwood, who... It's a disgrace that Carl Madrick even gets a mention. I, I don't know who came the, up with him. I've never seen him. No, nah, it's wrong. He, he scored the winner when we beat Man City 1-0 at home the same season we'd lost 10-1 away. So he, he cannot be even mentioned in this. You you don't have nice things to say about alone. a guy called Roy Greenwood. Did you? No, he's like, he looked like a ginger Yorkshire ripper. <laughs> and he was rubbish. So, another player that finished uh, got uh, quite high rating from you Danny as your third worst right winger was Matty Young a player an academy player who ended up playing 42 games who probably 40 odd too many uh, ended up going along the same route as a lot of them with Harrogate and what have you yeah I feel quite harsh there because he, he uh, you always feel harsh yeah, putting an academy but, player in who tried but he wasn't very good was he no, <laughs> he, should, like, bless he him. should not have been playing bless him and that finished it so 
Neil, your right winger was Mark Barham. Danny, your right winger was Mark Barham. I've not voted him for... so I've, I've never seen him, so I couldn't give him any points. So, by default, the right winger is Tyrone Thompson in this team with backup with Nigel Callahan, who I remember being a bit of a statue. And Neil looks crestfallen. Yeah, I have Nigel Callahan's in mind, Neil. I'm with Cossie, I'm weird, Nigel Callan's your worst right one, right winger. So the two wingers, sorry, so I've I've done that wrong. So the two wingers on on the right and left because we've joined them, Tyron Thompson and Nigel Callahan, which gives you a bit of relief because then the sub winger, Neil, are George Donis and Mark Barham. So, so we can looking, bring him on and see him how bad he is for early injuries, so everyone everyone can witness <laughs> the debacle that was Mark Barham. <laughs> Central midfield. There you go, Neil. Central midfield. No, I won't. Well, I think we're all unanimous in the... <coughs> Jeez. John Kelly. Two left feet. Wow. What a player. Did he play for Chester after all, before us? I remember when we played after. after. Yeah, we played him again. And the abuse he got from that away end, I can never forget it. I think it was almost like... Therapy for like all that. That would actually we played we played Chester at Macclesfield on New Year's yeah, Day. Yeah, nil nil. Yeah, and he well yeah John Kelly. Oh. The thing is, when you sign a player on loan who's that bad, why make it permanent? Yeah, it's incredible who signed him. Owen Hands at Boothie's beer and banter this weekend, so maybe one of us <laughs> should go down and and have a chat. They, they must have had a pint together at some point, and or just met and got on with each other. There's the Irish connection there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, it can't have anything to do with football because he was absolutely awful. See, I only saw him have one good game, and that was as we mentioned earlier when he scored against Town, against Tim Clark when right. he came back with Chester. And he that. loved that moment. I remember him running around like a madman. And to be honest, I, I always think as a football fan, if you give it, you've got to be Absolutely, able to take yeah. it. It's, so, it's just part of the pantomime, isn't it? I look forward to them making a podcast on us. <laughs> and he and John John Kelly is is there in my <coughs> in midfield alongside a guy who doesn't appear much on it doesn't appear on your list Neil but there's a chap who's got the who's pulled the wool over Huddersfield Town's eyes a couple of times and it links to Willie McStay whereby Town were interested in a player of with the surname of Hurst at Emily and there was a striker at Emily called Glynhurst who was banging goals in and ended up scoring quite a hatful in the football league he was quite a good player and Brian Horton signed the wrong brother thanks to some smoke and mithers from Ronnie Glavin who again got us 20 years later with Tom Denton and something like 100 grand <laughs> and I remember him making his debut not being able to get and, and Usually a player, you can see when he gets the ball and he touches it. Do you know, and, and this for me was a George Weyer's cousin moment in that Chris Hurst was so bad, he couldn't get the ball. He could get nowhere near the pace of the game and the ball when he came on. And there's a cross came in at the far post. I remember Brian Horton post-match going, oh yeah, we signed this lad for 50 grand and he almost got in at the far post at the end. He was about 10 yards away and he... It, I felt for him because he shouldn't have been there. He should have been Glynhurst. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about Brian Horton there, what he was doing at that point in time at town because we'd, we'd not signed anybody over the summer that, uh, that season. What we'd done is release a load of players and one of them was Michael Midwood who we let go and he signed uh, for Halifax Town. 
when one of the pre-season friendlies was town against Halifax I remember Jacko playing for, for Halifax and mm. Midwood was playing and he had a blinder against us and the, the, the talk was why did we let this lad go well Horton then signed him back and he played he made one appearance but I mean he'd, Horton had just lost it at that point so that Hurst sign it was yeah it was terrible but that I, I just put that down to Horton signing somebody who just he shouldn't have done and that's that's something what's happened quite a lot through <laughs> through Huddersfield Town history. Thankfully, we've got a really good scouting network now, and we've got people in place. You, where this doesn't happen, and we can all be quite happy with what we've seen. For I know I gave Stuart Weber some stick early, but he did bring in some good players and David Wagner. So I'm not, you know, it's it's good natured. We had two players called Mark Hudson. One was better than the other. Then the Mark Safe Hudson Chesterfield. Honestly, they were. The same names, but that was all about. Yeah, that was the same. Mark my my only issue why I can't have Mark Hudson in it is because he scored two winners against Bradford. Yeah, and yeah. that that is his own. That's why Wayne Bennett doesn't make saving team, grace. Yeah. Same again. He would another one. But for, for me, the 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 one who should be in there with John Kelly, I'm not sure if any of you three have put him down. But we're a lad who we signed from Bristol Rovers. He played against us in playoff final. My, my memory is where he missed that sitter. an absolute sitter. Um, and his best game for town came 80 minutes in goal away at Bury when Nico Vassan had been sent off. Again. And it cost us 500 grand, Marcus Browning. What a waste of time he was. I think if we signed anybody from Bristol by the name of Marcus at that time, it seems yeah, to be we'll a good thing, to, didn't yeah. it? Well, it, it was, uh, and that's why with the fee alongside it for me, that's got to take some some weight on this one. So for me, Marcus he's, Browning, he's there. got a couple of points. He, he he features lower down on on my list and middle of of Danny's as well. One player that rivals him is I remember this player being bigged up probably a bit more than what <coughs> Jason Davidson could big himself up, which which takes a lot. When you sign, I remember going back to the 90s, the reserve football was competitive, it was a thing. And when you signed somebody from a reserve team of a big club, it was a big deal. And we signed the captain of Liverpool's reserves, Liverpool being the best club side in, well, one of the best club sides in Europe. And we'd signed their reserve captain, who was still only quite young, 22, this 23. This was no Steven Gerrard. And he made his <laughs> debut at Burnden Park, Again, view slightly obstructed by the supermarket. And we talk about Chris Hurst not being able to get to the pace of the game, but Kevin Lampkin. <laughs> See, I, I've got I've got a theory on this. And I think Kevin Lampkin was clearly, clearly related to the Lampkin brothers who were very good on motocross bikes on kickstart. And I, I think he should have been there. He's not a footballer. He should have been on kickstart. When you think of some of the Liverpool we had, Sean Messi, Kevin Lampkin. I mean, the boot room one must have been doing... The, 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 only, one, the only one we feet. got that was actually any good, I've Martin. actually got on my T-shirt. Martin Kelly. No, Colin, Colin Russell. Russell. Colin Russell, He yeah. signed for 25 grand from Liverpool and he was in the 82-83 promotion winning side. And he, he were, was, not, he, was he I'm a small striker who could yeah, jump? Yeah, really, really diminutive. Yeah. But he, he were decent with Colin Russell. He, he had a... He had a 
a touch that was, was you could tell back when I was a kid I thought he's got something special about yeah. him his control and that was from Liverpool yeah and he, he could play a bit good Colin Russell that was definitely his, don't get me wrong that was his level but he was good at that level Mike Williams used to really wind me up. He was terrible. I think, did we get him from Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, he oh, was God, awful. Yeah. He's down as my number oh, one. What, I, 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 what could he do? What were he meant well. to do? This guy must have been so bad, I've suppressed him yeah, completely from my mind. Oh, and he, it, and he looked... He had, he had the build of sort of like Patrick Vieira. I would have said he was a poor compared. man's um, Carlton Palmer. Poor yeah. man's Dwayne Mattis, who also appears on yeah. the list. It, Chris well, Holland's an interesting one. Isn't and, he? Anybody who's a poor man's... Carlton Palmer. <laughs> it, Chris Holland is uh, an interesting one, wasn't he? Because he played in that good side that we Come had. Come on, he was in the Neil Gazza. Chris Holland yeah. <laughs> yeah. was. I don't think that helped him, Neil, though. Because <coughs> again, Not I remember that being talked about. One of your friend of Gazza's, or there was some yeah, connection yeah. or something. It but It was from up there, yeah. wasn't it? But, wow, he just used to pass backwards, never yeah. forwards, never yeah. did. He was terrible. I was waiting for him to explode. We had another one like that years ago called Phil Robinson. And all he ever used to do was get ball and pass it sideways 10 yards. No, Anton Robinson. Oh, well, he, he, he should be in team, Anton Robinson. Half a million quid's worth oh, of absolute garbage. Wow. I don't think it was quite that much. 450. I don't think it was that it either. Was, that's but what they asked it as for. As anyway. If you've paid for him, it's we've probably paid for too, him much. too much. Yeah. £4.50 would have been done. But Chris Holland made something like over 100 appearances. And he, he saw us go from Championship to League Two and... I don't it's know if you've ever seen. Is it? I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, what I liken him to, and this might fi- might sound a bit strange at first, but stay with me. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Sea Biscuit. Yeah, D- Danny's yeah. nodding. He, racing, and what Sea Biscuit was was a horse who used to egg the other horses on by running alongside them. And for me, all I ever saw Chris Holland do was run alongside other central midfielders as they would burst into the box. And for me. He was Huddersfield Town Seabiscuit. He was, he, he just, he, the only thing he did was shadow people and he never, never really did anything. And it's like you say, Neil, it's not a coincidence when you drop to, drop two leagues and he's one of your mainstays in the team. The modern day Terry Dolan. And another midfielder that we've got in, speaking of Bradford, I've got Des Hamilton in there with him in, in the mid range for me. I remember Desi Hamilton. He was a right winger at Bradford. I remember he scoring that goal. Yeah, scored that goal at Wembley, didn't yeah. he? Which took Bradford up to um, our level at the time. And then Newcastle paid a 1.5 million for him and then spent the entire time trying to get rid of him. And we had him for 10, 11 games back in, the, back in 1999. And I remember him scoring against Wolves on his debut. He scored this like, almost scissor kick from central midfield. But after that, he, he, again, he ended up going from Huddersfield to Campion in the Bradford League, and I think that kind of demise tells you <laughs> maybe where he was. And Mike Williams is also not the only Williams to appear on this list, Danny. Another one, Cossie, you might remember as well, is a guy that we got on loan who played for Rotherham and Leeds and ended up going back to Rotherham called Andy Williams with scraggly sort of yeah. Curly hair. Nothing though, no pace, no drive, no shooting, no, no nothing. But it's interesting, kind of a lot of these players that we're shouting out when they've come from Bradford and Leeds. I think they're always up against it when they start. So yeah. it is, you've got to kind of win the fans over then and, and be good at it as well. So when you're getting kind of cast offs and Des Hamilton again, he, we're saying we had a house, they were like club, probably the legends. The, the only, the, that, really. There's a couple who were the caveat to that. Obviously, Peter Jackson. 
Yeah. And the other one for me who never had a problem with sound fans were Lee Sinnott. Uh, Paul Reid as well. Oh, Paul Reid yeah, as well. Doug yeah, but, but they all got promoted. Duxbury never quite got it with town fans as much and he cleared off back pretty quick, didn't he? Diego Aris Mendy. I'd love wow. to have been in that, you know, when they were As the out. town fans used to sing, Aris Mendy's having a party. I remember wow. he got in trouble for... Uh, the only thing the only thing you could find about Diego Aris Mendy because he was at Stoke, he got in trouble for constantly partying and the reason why Stoke got rid of him was and his neighbours used to complain that he would have his music up loud late into the night and used to be a bit of a party animal. And... To be fair, when he played for us, he did look a bit half-cut. Redford, I remember that game at Preston where, if you'd have told me that we'd have been going up from that from that point, we were dreadful. I remember being in a bar area about quarter past four, I think Grand National, and two or three pints later. But yeah, we had some... Uh, oh, just saying I mean, that I haven't mentioned. Sorry. I hope, I hope Dean Hall don't listen to this because some of the money that is kind of wasted on some of these guys, obviously got a lot right, but wow, Diego Arimendi. I mean, I think he carried on playing after, didn't go Walsall yeah. and... I've, I've got another one that had uh, links to Manchester United. <laughs> this guy couldn't run. I, did, did he get a brain injury or something? I, I might be going from I, I a weak memory here. I don't want to do his service, but he played like he already had one. He was awful. Ronnie Walwork. What an absolute whopper he was. <laughs> whopper Walwork. And he took that into his life after football. I think he's been charged with all sorts, hasn't he? I think he got yeah. stabbed, didn't he? So yeah. if he's if he's listening, exactly. so I, I apologise. Don't come round and knock on me door. Yeah, some sort of car crime from memory as well. Yeah, he was in trouble for. Yeah, <laughs> one guy that but appeared. He was rubbish, wasn't he? One guy that appeared high on my list and not so much on others was a guy who we got who was a very good player and he used to be a scourge of as he played for. I think he played for Everton and Birmingham, and we signed him on loan when he was in his thirties, and he was rubbish. And the only thing that I remember him doing. Yeah was having a fight with Tom Cowan on the field and that's a guy called Mark Ward who also I think had problems yeah, with the law he was about three foot high and all wasn't he? he had small man syndrome yeah. yeah and to finish off the midfielders we, we've got some dishonourable mentions and these aren't mine I don't think these are particularly anyone's here I find they're a bit harsh but Adnan Ahmed and Lee Fowler appeared Costa you've thrown in Wayne Burnett you see I don't know how you can have Lee Fowler he scored at Cardiff, so that the, the winning penalty, the yeah, playoff so final, that, that him out straight he's, away. He's another one. I think we actually loaned him to Scarborough, and I saw him there. And he looked, he looked a class above everybody on you the field. You spent too much time in Scarborough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think he was one of uh, Dean Saunders' favourites, wasn't he? And that's not a good thing because I think wow. he signed him yeah. wherever he went. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Have, I remember him playing against Halifax in a friendly and looking really good. Like, like everyone coming away, go, we've got the new Darren Bullock here and Dean Saunders. <laughs> oh dear, David Edgar. David Edgar, David Edgar. I, what was do it? Do you know? Like? I I must have been blinded by his spectacular beard, his well maintained beard. He was awful. I wouldn't I have him anywhere near this. This agent must be an absolute. I wouldn't have him on this. Who's the two? Let, let's have it. So our two central midfielders. We've got a tie. John Kelly is the standout. He's Absolutely. got double the points of anyone else. Yeah. But alongside him is a tie between Marcus Browning and Kevin Lampkin. I think it should be Marcus Browning purely on money spent and appearances made. I remember Marcus Browning having one good game, which doesn't admonish him from, is that, I don't even know that's a word, but from the 36 bad ones he must have had. Kevin, oh, do you know, it's a tough one. Aris Mendy and Chris, I'd have had Chris Hurston, but they appear on, on the bench. Mark Hudson, another one I... In that book, Brown and Lampkin. Let's have, let's have, let's have a tied. 
let's have a vote between Browning so Neil you're going Lampkin. for Browning, Browning Danny I'd go Browning Lampkin you see I'd go Lampkin <laughs> so he's tied again maybe <laughs> we'll throw that one out to Twitter to see who gets in but I don't know if many will remember Kevin Lampkin and I do know someone who on social media who was Marcus Browning's number one fan I've got no idea why but he for some reason thought he was underrated I'll leave that there we go, so, the, the, so the big dogs. So what I'm going to do before we get fired into the strikers, this list of strikers is astronomical. We've got over 40-odd here, so I'm just going to fly through the dishonourable mentions. Oh, God, there's loads. I'm going di- to fly through the dishonourable mentions first. Scott McDonald, Akpo Sodge. These have got no points, no votes. Scott Mc- but I've got mentions. Scott McDonald, Akpo Soji, Phil Jevons, Gianfranco Labate, <laughs> Keegan Parker, Junior Mendes, John Makaliski, Alan Armstrong, Michelle Ngonge, Alan Walsh, Peter Easto, Kevin Stonehouse, Terry Eccles, Barry Endine, Rod Belfit, Brian Clark, Colin Garwood, <laughs> European Cup winner Peter Wyth. <laughs> Danny Carr, Phil Stant, Paul Molden, and a harsh one, I thought, Kevin Gallen. And no, one and one player on there who had one of the worst goal-scoring records as a striker and came back and must have been one of the worst coaches to listen to. If you thought Chris Powell was boring and Andy Ritchie was boring... It's no coincidence that he's called Dyer. It was a no, dire football no, and he came back out. No, this guy is even more boring than Powell, Dyer, oh, Richie combined. And you may have suppressed this from memory, but I haven't. And the worst person, Danny's looking quizzical. His name even belongs on this list, but he doesn't get any points. It's definitely Alex Dyer. Got on me. His name is John Dungworth, if you remember John Dungworth. You see, yeah. you're going back 70s now and it's... With- it, when he was so coach, he was Andy. He, he he almost got the job under Ken Davian. Honestly, that would have been bad. He was pre Richie. Register for me because he's before eight, before nineteen eighty. So he's as a coach and manager, he was manager um, just before Andy Richie. Scott McDonald yeah. just touching him. He had an amazing career after that. I mean, I suppose you couldn't. Say That's the Wadsworth effect, isn't it? I, think. You, but it, I remember that he was again the Scott Bevan, Scott McDonald. That you know that yeah. team. And, came at the same time. Yeah, again, yeah, he's been, been unbelievable after he left Mick, us. Yeah, Mick Wadsworth was involved at Southampton before he came to us. And David Taylor was a guy who tried to steady the ship through a very choppy time, and he's a smashing guy. If you ever listen to David Taylor, ex-town chairman, he's a really top bloke, really good guy, and. There's a lot to like about David Taylor. But maybe he made a mistake when he took a phone call from Brian Robson. Bobby Robson. Sorry, Bobby Robson, who was, again, a fantastic football person. I loved Bobby Robson a lot. But he took a phone call from Bobby Robson to give the nod to Mick Wadsworth over Mark Hughes. My uh, Going back to my Scarborough supporting friend said we're <laughs> in for some great football when we appointed Mick Wadsworth. We didn't but we'll come to the manager afterwards and where better to start than Alex Dyer feats on fire Alex Dyer 16 appearances two goals I remember the header he scored against West Ham in the League (laughs) Cup and the most do you remember the David not David Villa Ricky Villa scored that iconic goal for Spurs in the early 80s which they showed over and over again yeah I don't know if it was a replay was it or something with Ozzy Ardiles against Man City and there was 
And do you remember when fantasy football did Phoenix from the Flames and they did a clumsy... It was brilliant, but they did a clumsy sort of nod to certain things. And I remember Alex Dyer with a very clumsy nod to Ricky Villa <laughs> bumbling his way past several Ipswich defenders with the ball off of his shin before toe-poking it past... Was it Craig Forrest maybe in goal? Then he, then he ran over to the bench and said, look, I've just saved you your job. Back, didn't <laughs> 30 seconds later, Kieran Dyer equalised. Yeah, was... Oh. I think and what's funny with Alex Dyer when he came back as a coach when it under Chris Powell it, he was a top man yeah. a really nice likeable guy no one, but, the examiner were like Alex Dyer they never <laughs> mentioned probably one of the worst players to ever wear the blue and white shirt but he, yeah. to be fair to him Alex well maybe not to be fair but Alex Dyer's no. job at the time was to fill in for Marcus Stewart no, and no. Those are those were big shoes to fill, and I'm afraid, Alex, Chris Hay, you didn't one. do it. Horrible. Chris Hay, 52 appearances, six goals, shunted to the left wing quite a lot, but 25 goals one season for Swindon. We sold Marcus Stewart and tried with a glut of strikers oh, who appear on this yeah. list to replace him. Panasonic, Kevin Alan Armstrong, Michelle Ngonge were two of them who appeared on the dishonourable <laughs> list. And Kevin Kyle as well came in at a, a <laughs> similar period. Who went on to do well after those, but I can just hear the fans chanting in the background, Fuller, Fuller on, Fuller on, Ibuji. <laughs> when I'm down, I'm feeling depressed about Uddersfield Town and, you know, Premier League when we go games without a win. I just remember Fuller on, Ibuji. I think he came on loan from Cambridge United or Preston. Or Preston. And he was big. He was like, he reminded me of Kevin Francis. He's about seven foot, yeah. And I thought I was quite high hopes because he fitted our style at the time. Oh my if God. you thought Nigel Callahan was a statue. <laughs> <laughs> he only made two sub-appearances. I, I remember at Mansfield <coughs> seeing him for the first time and I remember him warming up and he looked bad at warming up as well. <laughs> he, Fuller on Bougie, <laughs> appears on the bench. I'm going to read out, he's still playing or somewhere. He's Alex Dyer. Alex Kevin Dyer Gallagher. is up there. Another one with master stroke. Kevin Gallagher was finished, Gallagher I think, wasn't he? Kevin Gallagher retired in his own head before he came to us. <laughs> he, do you know what? I, I attribute quite a lot of this, and Lee Ashcroft as well, to Wadsworth. And Neil, I think you said a local a local butcher or something paid for him? Something like that? Murfield or something paid for, for, paid for Ashcroft. For a month. And... Still playing for on a budget. Sorry oh, dear. No. 33. Preston North End, Uddersfield Town Loan, Barnsley three appearances, Peterborough two, Cambridge thirty four, Swindon fourteen, Brentford loan two, Wickham loan one, Wickham four appearances, Shrewsbury North, St Albans City, Macclesfield, Accrington, and Weymouth Working, Grays, Southport, Bournemouth, Tooting and Mitcham United, Cheshire. How can you, everyone just be? I think they've all they've all thrown and they've aren't they? Six foot five from Nigeria. Playing position striker, but look at his goals tally there. Look at that. He's just none. He got nine in 34 <coughs> for Cambridge. Then he did score till 2009, three for Grays Athletic. Look at that. He's just incredible. He appears on the bench in this team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw him one. Neil, it's... just before I finish, I've, loved, I've got to get out of this full in a bougie, but he'd pressed nothing. So we got him from there. He'd been there for three years and he hadn't scored a goal. And he hadn't played a game. Why would you sign him? Uddersfield Town. I think finance is dictated. Town. Oh, I feel better now. Well, there's, we, there's, two, there's two or three that should get mentions. Robbie Simpson. 300,000 quid. He was rubbish. That 
I remember going to a Q&A and that 300,000 was muted in well, the press, but it, if it was, it was, if it was three I think pounds, Dean Hoyle and uh, Lee Clark said it wasn't even half that, but well, still, we still if, paid. If, if we, we paid any kind of fee for him, it would so much. He only made four starts, did Robbie Simpson. Both. 16 appearances, four, one goal. And he appears, I've given him a couple of points. It, it came, he was quite highly rated at Coventry and he, he scored goals in the championship and we were sold a bit of a dud. But thankfully we had Jordan Rowe. If you've got the supply line well, he, of he, Roberts, he, Pilkington, they all... Simpson started the game, first game of the season yeah, away at Southend, mm-hmm. got subbed. With Theo. On came Jordan and, and, and Novak and the rest, as they say. And we obviously, our boot room connections did us proud again in the striking department, brought John Newby from Liverpool. He's my number one, is oh, John Newby. So he's not even in my Because... Tent. Berry signed him for £100,000 and he was knocking goals in for fun and he was, I know Jacko goes on about the eight players, he was technically our marquee signing that summer. He was our one that <coughs> we were we were happy with. He was the one that we all raved about prior to Effie Sodji coming in and 15 appearances, no goals, no effort. But he, he was a shocker. He was away at Bradford for reserves. He, he, he did that, nothing that for the first team. Some total of anything from his field time. One he, of my friends yeah. was uh, an honourable shout for Mr. Phil Stant. Yeah, Phil Stant. Was he appeared on the dishonourable mention. Another, another, did he play for Bury or not? Yeah. Lincoln yeah, did from the army. Lincoln, he was in the army. army. Yeah. army one of them looked like it. A lot of goals at Hereford. Yeah. Every, every other week he'd yeah. score for Hereford, but that, that was basement division. What was loads? I mean, but the, the, it's a catalogue of war. When I mean, Scarborough man, another friend of Danny's, Mr. Craig Whittington. Yeah. He had a record, and he came on as a sub against Leighton Orient, and that was it. The first was, home game at Calpine. Uh, if you remember, Neil Warnock used to love a non-league signing, mm. and Craig Whittington came but, in for twenty grand from Scarborough. I that, don't think he signed another non-league player again after this. With that Scarborough, I remember the Scarborough when he signed him. It was uh, Steve Wicks, who used to be at Chelsea, and uh, Blackburn were linked with him at, at the time, and it was sort of a bit of a coup for uh, Scarborough to get him, but. Watching that team at the time, we should have had Sean Murray from there who ended up at Bradford because he was the only decent player they had around that time. There's loads, isn't there? Terry Austin. Terry Austin's got to get a mention. He's before my time, but I, again, that was another local local millionaire paid for him from Mansfield. I don't know. 120,000 quid he cost. He was a lot of money, wasn't yeah. he? Sort of that, that era. And did he get off to a good start? Yeah, scored yeah. four or five goals, he didn't he, quite start. early on and, and then, and then did score for about yeah. 40 games. Yeah. Another one we had on loan was somebody who actually played in the last European Championships for Wales, Simon Church. Church. He was dreadful for Huddersfield Town. Mm. Dreadful. Great he scored in his debut, didn't he? But where was it? I can't remember now. He scored against Leeds, I think. Were it Barnsley? Yeah, I think it was Barnsley got an edit, didn't it? But, yeah. Did he, but did I'm, he? I'm just going to throw it out there. My two. My top two. Second place, Ishmael Miller. <laughs> He frustrated the hell out of me. Big, powerful laddie. I remember him. He scored against town for Yeovil when we battered him 5 1. He went bulldozing through everybody and leathered it in. We signed him on back of that, as we've signed so many players on back of a performance against us. My, my, other, half, my other half is one of the nicest people you'll, you'll meet, and she never says anything mean about anyone apart from me. And within about 20, mil- 20 minutes of watching Ishmael Miller, she'd nicknamed him Lummox. And she is absolutely but it, nail on the head. <laughs> right. What I'd be with Miller though, it's almost like we're cheating <coughs> out something. Because I remember that game against Bolton when he scored two, and he really put himself about, but, and he scored. But 
he once went for over a million pound. Yeah. But, but he you was can he see was why lightning. He's got the moves. When when he was a kid, he was lightning. And once he lost that, he's older now. Space. And he's come back into football yeah. after the yeah. start. Hasn't he? Once he'd but lost that pace, he, he didn't have much left. Ishmael Miller, another one. If this bloke is not in this team, and I know he's got a bit of a cult following with town fans, don't know why, because he cost us a lot of money. Apparently, it was a really nice bloke in dressing room. Well, three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and I think it was one hundred and fifty grand on promotion. It's so it's half a million quid. Controversy. I'm not going to quote his so wages. So bad they named him twice. Alan, Alan Ooh. Lee. So Alan Lee, hundred and one appearances, twelve goals. So that's almost one goal every Finn, ten appearances. You look at his first season with us. And I think he made about 30 league appearances with zero goals. And we're talking about like rubbish defenders such as Andy Duggan, who made 29 appearances and scored three goals. The yeah. thing is, you're a striker, a target man striker with Gary Robertson, Pilkin, and two of the best crossers in the lower leagues firing them in at will. Yeah. And Jack Hunt later on. The, the, only, the only decent game he ever had was when we'd got battered 4 0 at Carlisle and in home leg we beat him 3 0 and he, got, he scored two. I'm, I'm holding this game um, against him. Other than him that, because I'll, I'll just, I'll never, I'll, Alan Lee's off. With time running out, he had a chance to equalise, I think, in that game and he missed the biggest sitter that cost us perhaps a well, Wembley game. He'd, he'd got his two foot year in well, early in the game, hadn't he? He's, he's, he's other, well. <laughs> he did score one more goal that season and that was Arsenal. That That's a good, I think that's a good memory for Alan Lee, but. For me, but I, I think that's why a lot of people have got him on this pedestal. Mm. And it, for me, for the Alan Lee that you were an apt ending. If you could have designed an ending, no better for, for a guy. Wembley. That penalty at Wembley. It was garbage. It was the worst it, penalty ever. That, that should have been the end. They should have marched him out of the stadium and gave if, him a If a Simmonson hadn't died for that, he wouldn't have reached yeah. anyway. That, I just thought, that was Alan Lee's career. So yeah. just summed up to be fair, it wasn't the worst penalty that day, Damien Johnson. Why is he Why? I think when, I think when players it, get it a song like sometimes, I think that second season he did give hundred percent. He charged around, but I mean he swung his elbows at people as well in that time. That Brentford goal is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, where I remember <laughs> the one he, he once he once got in a bit of a who won it against? Oh, I've cancelled that bit. I can't remember. No, you don't about Alex Bruce at Hull, are you? It, I, I it, it could be, yeah, it could be. But it, oh it, yeah, he smashed Alex Bruce with his elbow when he ran. It was a disgraceful. It was a disgraceful weapon. assault. I think, that, like I think that was the only way you could say it. it was awful. What, what was it was like? It, you do say it's a cartoon character because he did. He was that hard man in that he'd swing an elbow. But if you put your hands on him, he, he'd, he'd just throw himself over yeah, as well. well. I and saw. Then, I saw him as a pantomime villain. He then grew his hair and threw an Alex band in it, and that just put the nail in the coffin for me. Every, every game though turned when he came on. Every game turned into a, a long ball fest of Alan Lee. Diving, it, the, the game just turned into something which I really disliked. In that, it was yeah. just Alan Lee, the pantomime villain, yeah. throwing himself around, elbowing people, Who's trying to get bits now? and pieces. Alan Lee and Miller. Oh, Miller. Miller used to drive me mad. Look, Lucas Jukovic always has, gets, and he always seems to do well against town. But I remember that first game he came off the bench against Leeds and looked really good. I he played well, excited, yeah, that game. Against Cheltenham, when he threw his shirt, that, yeah. you know, it had gone from. Yeah, well, well, I don't know about Edo, but from I, I think he went. I, I remember when we signed him. It's one of them when I used to watch transfer headline day till last gubbins on Sky Sports, and it got they went over to Everton at last about eleven o'clock, five past eleven, and report were on about Everton who good sign this that other day, and one other note: Lucas Jukovic has gone on loan to Huddersfield, and I'm like, who? 
then obviously the he rest was will be fair. He wasn't a bad player at like Swindon, I think, but he, I think he had a breathing problem when he yeah, signed for us, didn't he? Some medical condition that he had that was supposedly the and reason it, behind his lack of stamina. Yeah, and it it didn't work for the guy. What I loved about Town though, we always seem to get these players when they're past the best, some legends of the game. Peter with incredible with like European Cup winner with Aston Villa, but Frank Stapleton as well, yeah. Frank Stapleton. I, I thought Frank Stapleton did some things in that that season. You could they played him kind of out wide. It would have been. I remember but Frank Stapleton's last match. His last match for Town were away at Rochdale in FA yeah, Cup. Rochdale were one four three. One four three, and then I think day after or two days after, went to Bradford as manager. I, I saw him have an absolute blinder in a in a township, but it was at uh, that Frank Worthington testimonial when he was playing <laughs> alongside Graham Sooner. So I think that's why we signed him. It was only a, sort of a week or two later that we actually signed him. He also played when we beat Lincoln United seven yeah, nil in know. FA Cup. I, uh, yeah, I remember that. Game. Kevin Donovan was good that game. I <laughs> I'd have been good against them. So there's there's only a handful of people left in this. Uh, Danny Cosy, you've given Nat Brown a couple of points for this one. Um, Kevin Gallagher's already been mentioned. One player <coughs> that you used to enjoy. You didn't used to enjoy the player, Danny, but you enjoyed his wife sitting near you. I had to finish that quickly. I think it was his girlfriend, but yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I was, could I just say I was only 12 as well, so don't put anything rude into that. We were all 12 ones, Danny, don't worry about it. But the player in question sounded great, an Italian surname. The reality reality of it, uh, Danny's shaking his head. Yeah, when you say Italian, I remember an interview in the programme where he said uh, he was asked who he'd, who he'd play for if he played international football, whether it be England or Italy, and, and he chose Italy. And just, you know, you don't need to ask him that question. And that name is Mike Chachery. Chachery. I remember a couple of mo- moments. I remember being at Chester when he was seeing Jenny Bradley, wasn't he? Yeah. I remember at Chester yeah. when the old ground and they were singing Jenny Bradley's The Town while she was stood up waving. Yeah. And, but I also remember Chachery. That He won an amazing game against Nottingham Forest. I think we probably, did we beat him or lose an extra time at Leeds Road? It went on. Away goals. Yeah, away goals. goals yeah. Ch- did we win? We won, didn't we? No, we drew three apiece. Chachery, like, turned it around. I just remember that. He, like, he was running off to the... T- Terrace like sliding on his knees yeah. and he'd, he'd yeah. tap one in for about three yards but but yeah it was so frustrating because he never used to run did it unless the ball were at his feet he just would never run at all and he was a boo boy target a lot of the time yeah. wasn't he, back in them days yeah he was big target so do you guys want to know who the strikers are Alan Lee plus one hopefully Alan Lee is joint top with feats on fire Hey. Alex Dyer so Alan Lee and Alex Dyer complete the two up front with Fola Onibuje <laughs> the first substitute Still going. You, you, you couldn't be guaranteed less goals if you tried could you? with Robbie Simpson and John Newby close behind one player we didn't mention and I'll touch on him briefly because the reasons of him playing for us probably aren't worth going into and that was Paul McCary with 14 substitute appearances um, who Played when his his dad Lou McCary was manager, and <coughs> I used to watch Paul McCary warm up, and he could strike a ball really, really well. But again, that's it almost like a um, hockey. You know, in hockey, you have your penalty corners, and he could take he could actually strike a ball. But as the game's going on, he just couldn't get into it, and he was a little bit out of his depth. But fourteen sub appearances, no goals. The question everyone's asking around the world of football is, which manager is going to look after this brilliant bunch? Of players we've picked. The results are in. 
Neil's throwing in a dishonourable mention for Chris Powell down at the bottom end. I, I personally wouldn't have Powell. Andy Ritchie's also got a dishonourable mention from me, Neil. Andy Ritchie was a disappointment. He was also the second choice and Phil Parkinson kind of stitched that whole thing up, didn't he? Andy Ritchie was dreadful. I my all, when, when we lost away at Leeds four nil, he threw Spinners in for his debut, and it it was it was almost cheering every time he scored. I hated Andy Ritchie. Were you thrilled with the cut run though, Neil? I hated Andy Ritchie. I enjoyed that cut yeah, run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the man, there's 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 only three really managers that stand out way beyond everyone else, and everyone will know this. Wadsworth, Turnant, and Supermac. I've or Stan Tyrant, as he was known, I've put... It's a very close thing between three. Wadsworth had to cope with severe financial issues, but he... The thing is... He, when, his old image when, and personality, though, was completely he was, he wrong. He was very, very dire. And the thing is, when there were some things Wadsworth did, he played this 4-3-3 system and well, he, denied he played a 4-3-3 he system. He had his own website, didn't he? That was a good Google. I remember, and we probably can't mention that. Uh, no, um, <laughs> he there's some things Wadsworth did. He used to play John Stead right wing, far out on a right wing. Danny Schofield as a deep lying playmaker in front of the back four. Well, Scott McDonald, Lee Ashcroft came in yeah. to score goals, and he played them wide, and it didn't help him. So we might have been going down the pan he financially, just tried but to overthink and over. Everything that he did was try to be clever. And obviously, Instead of just simply, a lot of simple footballers simplify it, make what, it easy. What he, he did Chris was different. Powell feel like Jurgen Klopp to me, mate, with his pre match. What he did was different. But if you're going to do something different, stand by your convictions and tell people you're doing things yeah. differently. Don't deny that you're doing something and claim you're playing 4 4 2 to appease people. It's still not worse for me, though. Do you know, I've, I, a Wadsworth story, and Danny, I'd, I'm, I'm Going by a memory here, there's an old HTFC World Report kicking around, wasn't there, of uh, the Net Terriers when they played a Huddersfield Town Select? Yeah, yeah, I remember him playing in that, and he was his, his coaching advice to his fellow players. He just used to yell, "Pass it, pass it to him." That's, that's all he shouted. So Wadsworth is the first mention. I, Neil, you've gone for someone different, and I didn't see this guy much but I heard about this guy and everything about this guy is wrong in a way that when he came in he said I will have Brazilians playing for Huddersfield Town and this was back in 1987 I think since then how many Brazilians have played for Huddersfield Town this man zero was in charge of Huddersfield Town when we lost 10-1 at Manchester City and for that alone... Six of those were offside, though, weren't they? That's all right, then. <laughs> but for that alone, he's the worst ever. But he he had no plan. He almost looked out. Well, it, I think he was just one of his half cut. It, no, it was basically he did, he did have in. a problem, didn't he? So. Yeah, it, yeah, it was brought in as a name. It was a classic, get a big name in, epic fail. Did he Did he go somewhere else and do okay? Was it Fulham or something? He was at Fulham before us. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we were pretty much the end of it. Like you say, there were there were other influences there, where, which is why I've sort of knocked him down to third on my list because I excuse him that. Yeah, I think we 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 take the mick out of some people on these lists, but some players did have some issues, and 
you know, they, they, they are sort of real issues and fair enough uh, about that. So I'm not going to hammer him too much on that one. But one play, the, the person I've put first in mind was because he was given money. Fin- Wadsworth was up against financial constraints. Malcolm McDonald had his demons, fair enough. Um, but one man who one should have Christmas no dinner. excuse... But he was given financial backing and he ended up going to sign a load of players from Lancashire because that's what he knew. We ended up with Steve Jones. I remember being excited we signed Liam Dickinson on loan because he looked really good for Stockport and it ruined his career moving to Huddersfield on loan. And Stan Turnant was given a really good opportunity with a, a smashing chairman and finance and he he signed Keegan Parker amongst others. And had his bottom of the league with pretty decent backing, and there's the whole academy argument where he almost he throttled one, someone for wearing wrong colour trainers. All he signed. And Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts, yeah, one of my favourite all-time players. But Stan Turner's high up on my list. On there, I, I don't think anyone comes close to those three: Wadsworth, McDonald, and Turner. What are you guys? <laughs> I've just got cramps on it. Oh, sorry. I think Cossie, <laughs> Cossie's stood up. It's just those three. So we've put them in the matrix and do you know who comes out as number one? The manager of this sinking ship is Mick Wadsworth. Ably backed up by Malcolm McDonald. I just remember, boys and girls, when you're next feeling sad about town losing the Premier League game, listen back to this and it'd be yeah. beautiful therapy <laughs> hopefully if we've missed anyone out from tweeting uh, Matt and uh, let us know but please don't tweet the player because we don't <laughs> Stuart Hicks Danny you've noticed is on Twitter and, yeah. and he's as good at working Twitter as he was at football yeah I'm not too worried about it I'm just thinking, trying to think how bad would a drunken Mick Wadsworth be I think that's something that we don't want to don't want to contemplate so just for the final <laughs> gatherings the team of Renown, shall we say, is but not Tim, the pride of the town. Tim Clark in goal, <laughs> Willie McStay at right back, Kevin Sharp at left back, centre backs are Gordon Tucker and Eddie Yowds. Flanking two central midfielders are Tyrone Thompson, Nigel Callahan, with John Kelly and Marcus Browning slash Kevin Lampkin in the middle. And up front, making use of a wonderful supply line is Alan Lee and Alex Dyer. This has been Andy Takes That Chance as International Break Special. Thank you for getting in touch. And I've probably got some editing to do. So thank you very much. And we'll be back again soon. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.